The following content has been rated NSFW. That means not safe for whites. Start the show. You gotta let them know, man. You gotta warn them. Yep, they still listen. There are white people that listen to this podcast. Mm. Um, fortunately, they you know they 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 listen and don't care in us. They don't you know they don't go too hard. They they know when to shut the fuck up. They do. They do. And you know we salute that. Um, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions. While black, your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. And I am Kwame Brown's time and energy. <laughs> Both of which he has plenty. Oh, he all all of it, all of it in the world. We're gonna get to it. Yeah, we're gonna get to it later. But never, never, never look for the smoke with a nigga stuck in traffic dragging a tractor. Man, <laughs> that nigga has all the time in the world. Um. Uh, it is episode one thirty nine. One thirty nine. One more episode, and I have to start making some decisions. I, I have to stop being lazy and make some decisions about what the fuck we're gonna do about episode one fifty. Damn, we're actually that close to it. We are, and uh, also um, sometime, maybe, probably in the fall. I don't know. Uh, depending on how this job situation goes, uh, episode one hundred. Oh shit! Finally, the the fabled, the mysterious episode one hundred that we postponed. For a whole year. Because y'all wouldn't sit your asses down. We wanted you to sit the fuck down so badly, and you just wouldn't. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Oh, man. But we'll get to that, too. Uh, Let's start out with love. All right. Giving flowers while people are here. Flowers will go to Isis Asari. All right. um, The founder of the first black-owned bookstore focused expressly on Afrofuturism and science fiction. Oh, it's dope. Um, sister Sci-Fi. That's Sister with an H. Sci-Fi. Not to be confused with Sister Soldier that <laughs> recently put out that uh, that mid-sequel to uh, Coldest Winter Ever. <laughs> it was mid. It was mid. She should have just called Midnight the sequel and just kept it pushing. Yikes. Um, I'm looking at this site now, SisterSciFi.com. This is dope. a really good site. Pretty dope. They they got a, a good selection of things: uh, books, comics, audio books, ebooks. It's easy to navigate. Yep, merch. The, doesn't look like it's going to hit me with a bunch of with a bunch of spam in my email. Yep. Uh, it's dope that they have a like a book club bundle. Yeah. So they they bundle some books together, and I see some names in here I recognize, like uh, N.K. Jemison. Um, there's a whole. Octavia Butler read along that they got coming on, uh, going on uh, sometime in June. Anytime we glorify Octavia Butler, I am here for it. Oh. Octavia Butler is one of the greatest, most underrated, underappreciated sci-fi minds of all time ever. Yeah, um, it was hard to turn me away from Orson Scott Card, but um, I did it. It was worth it. Um, Wild Seeds one of my favorite books. I have to bring that up anytime Octavia Butler's name comes up. Oh, oh, oh. Um, 
I and I appreciate this because we need the, we need stuff like this. I, I love that it's expressly online because we need more stuff like this, especially with COVID hitting everyone in the pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, brick and mortar is kind of is kind of starting to speed up the death of brick and mortar, um, and it, it's just we need we need people that look like us breaking into um, these more online tech related fields. Yeah. Um, you know, I I usually I think more in terms of like tech and apps and things like that, but this is a start. This is a start and it's a good start. Um, I might I I think they're gonna get some of my money. Actually, I'm I'm saying I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that here. Yeah, they'll definitely get some of mine. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and maybe maybe I'll do some kind of update on our social media about that how I felt. Um, about things like the response time my bi- and giving them my business and stuff. I'm not going to be one of these assholes that just gets super, super picky about shit that we don't get on white people for. Yeah. But, you know, I do, I, I do want to not lose the story and maybe keep up with these things when something that affects me. So, um, so yeah, salute. Uh, hit her with the air horns. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, on to humans ain't shit. Oh, why is that? This one's not going to take long. The pandemic is not over, guys. Mm-mm. This this is just a a, a a public service announcement. You know, when the pandemic was up and in in really at its peak, we continuously reminded y'all to make good decisions. This is a year ago. Yeah, exactly <laughs> a, year a year ago. ago. To wear a mask and make good decisions. Don't be anywhere and everywhere. Um. Some of you listened. <laughs> some of you did they? Um, some, some. I, you know, some. At, at probably I don't know one out of every ten people. Um, just to give you an idea of how y'all need to sit the fuck down, they're about to shut Tulum down. Right, the one place we all went <laughs> to escape the pandemic went on mass. Like, it, let me, let me just put it this way: every good good idea y'all had quickly turned into a bad idea <laughs> so many of these reality shows were full of people that shawnee o'neill decided that she was going that she was going to move from la to houston to okay. get away from the pandemic okay on that on i think it was yeah it was last it was, it was last season but like she moved to houston like that was going to do something that seemed short-sighted <laughs> one of the spouses on black ink chicago uh, in addition to taking away this nigga's kids, said she was gonna run to Austin to get away from the pandemic in Chicago. Oh, y'all running to Texas to get away from anything? That was a bad move. That's, that's tough. <laughs> Hell, blacking, uh, blacking New York. The chick, uh, the the mixy ass chick Donna, did not give a fuck about a pandemic. Like that was the running joke when the when the show has finally come back that we didn't miss Donna at all because. If you look at her Insta stories, which are constant, she was doing club appearances from Miami to Florida pretty much for the entirety of the year. <laughs> I ain't never seen a mask on her or her nigga, ever. I ain't never seen her in a mask. Well, it's wild because, you know, especially recently that they started, they've started lifting mask mandates. Yeah. And, you know, like, immediately people are like, <laughs> I mean, mass was already halfway off, and they were like, "Well, we're not going to make it." Man- 
<laughs> like, wow. Just let let the man finish his sentence. Damn. Before you... It's like, damn. <laughs> And did not and, and it was it was such a big deal. What got me is that it was such a big deal to niggas who ain't never had the mask on. Right. Who ain't never had the mask on. Like my hood my hood ain't never masked up. I, 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 they were probably like, Oh, oh, we were supposed to be wearing them? <laughs> I'm so annoyed by people that be out and about and they don't know mask etiquette. I have an excuse for not knowing mask etiquette because I ain't been out in a year. I ain't been out in a year. I'm actually holding off on what I'm going to do with all this hair because the minute I do something with this hair, me I'm going to go. I'm going to go out somewhere. <laughs> Y'all just need to chill for like three more weeks. Man. Just chill, man. I like. I'm, and I'm. Well, no, I told the lock story. I'm going to. I might get locks. I don't know. But yeah, y'all got to just give us. I won't even say a month. Give us three weeks. Give us three. That's a pay period. <clears throat> Plus a week. Yeah. That's my, a pay period. My birthday is June 18th. Wait till then. Just wait till then. That's at, you know, and, and that is actually um, Opinions While Black's third year anniversary. Oh, snap. Yeah. Y'all wait for that. We recorded on we, we recorded on your birthday. Yeah. Damn. Um, oh, f- oh, feel free to send us stuff. We're, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to put like a PayPal link up. Okay. And on the website, because people have asked us about this before. Um, Venmo Cash App, all that shit. Venmo Cash App, whatever you need. I'm going to work with my, my website person. Take that, take that. We're going to get a donation thing set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And y'all can do that. Um, just know that all the, all the money you send us goes to making this a better podcast. Run that shit. Run that shit. That, that might be the button you click on the, on the website. <laughs> Run that shit. Run that shit. Um, but yeah, just it's not over, y'all. I know, I know. We're sick of talking about this shit. Yeah. We're sick of we're, we're sick of all of our favorite shows being Zoom meetings. Yeah, uh, we're sick of all the storylines of all our favorite shows that do come back having to have everybody got a mask on. Um, Queen Sugar, even though it was a amazing season, um, was basically um telling because it came out the new season came out in February. They went back and kind of told the story that they wanted to tell during the pandemic as it started and the George Floyd thing mm-hmm. and the, the 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 protests and all that shit, all that, which was cool. I want to enjoy, I, I, but I want to enjoy life without mask. Like I want to enjoy, like I, I, you know, I want my, my programming to be an escape from that shit. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, all the women at work are lamenting now having to wear makeup on the lower half of their face. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Women and women had a good had a good complaint that I saw recently that they didn't get harassed nearly as much. Yeah. when they had their mask on, right? I think that's dope. Keep wearing them. Keep wearing them. I, and and there's nobody that says you have. If you want to keep wearing them, there's nobody that says you have to take them off. Right. I doubt they're going to come up with a law where you got to take up where you got to take the mask off. Um, I, well, I, it might be dicey for black. We, folks. we do live in Texas. Though, yeah, it's Texas, and we and Texas will say some dumb shit. They have come up with some dumber shit, especially recently. And anything is dicey as a black person. But if if you getting harassed on the street uh, has decreased that much, by all means, I say keep doing it. Um, 
People harass me no matter what. It's fine. Um, uh, song of the week. We're there already. Wow. Uh, song of the week. Uh, it is amazing that I have gone a hundred plus episodes of this podcast and have never played Little Dragon. What? Uh, wow. Little, for real. That's wow. That's exactly my lane, right? You know. <laughs> Damn. It's just like the revelation when I was like, you know, I haven't played Daft Punk on this show in a while. Uh, Mind-blowing. Little Dragon, that's totally my lane. This is uh, high. This is high from Little Dragon. Pour yourself something. Get comfortable. We're going to have a great podcast, uh, as usual. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I can get this song started, we'll be right back with more opinions while black. Let's go. I said, I said, let's go. I fucking clap, clap.
And that was Hi by Little Dragon. Smooth, nice smooth little bop. Uh, from oh, that's from the album Season High. I must have missed out on that. That was uh, twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was hot. Little Dragon goes hard. Man, Little Dragon is so underrated out here. Man, like they're one of those. They, those that's one of those groups where if I like if I were a music supervisor, I would no matter what the project, I would make it my purpose. To squeeze, they'd just be on everything. They would just be on every fucking thing. Yeah. I would make it my purpose to squeeze some little dragon into something. Little dragon and probably Alex Isley. Oh, of course, Alex Isley can just do no wrong in yeah. my book. I, I just, that's one of those voices and one of those one of those one of those artists where there's no way you can listen to an Alex Isley joint and feel bad afterwards. What's she been up to over the last year? Um. Let's. Uh. She. Let's see. She got the. Uh, she must. She must have a project attached to that good and plenty joint. Okay. Because that. Because that. That joint has been going well for her, and she got. She did the remix which we played, uh, with Masego. Mm-hmm. Um. She had. She had a good year with that. Um. Oh, what was uh, she? Her tiny desk went hard. Oh yeah, it sure did. Her tiny desk went hard, and uh, let's see. Oh, she she was on uh, Insecure. She was mm-hmm. she was at the summer party thing. She was at the summer jam thing. Um, yeah, she she stayed out here. Um, she should just never do a project again without Jack Dine. I just all her shit since she started working with Dude has just been next level fire. She's always been good, but just next level. And I, I want that. I, I want that for Little Dragon. You know, for a while there was a time when Little Dragon was on everything. Mm-hmm. I'm. I doubt anybody out there that watches enough TV has heard a show where Twice wasn't on there. That's a good point. I that you know it, you know if you've heard your song on Grey's Anatomy, you've probably made the rounds. That's all you know. Um, if you like any of that shit, if you like any of that shit, we've been playing. Uh, Little Dragon, Common, Alex Isley, uh, Lucky Day, Summer Walker, Radio Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a Spotify or Apple listener, uh, feel free. I have to. I actually have to update it by a song. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fell off a little bit. Um, please follow our official um, opinions while black featured music. Uh, playlist uh, It has more or less Most of the stuff you've ever heard mm-hmm. If you are a day one of this podcast Right There are so many songs on that on that playlist You can take those songs And make a themed playlist Of your own Out of any genre of music We played on this That's podcast true. That's very true um, And set whatever fucking vibe you want Um I, you know, there's somebody, one of our listeners, uh, who actually, well, what did they do? They have a playlist called Stuff Oz Needs to Hear. Damn. To just keep me put on. <laughs> Damn. I love that. That is, that is great. I love, the, I love that this podcast has helped me find my tribe of music listeners. Um, so, yeah. Um, I guess on to... The rundown. Let's see what we got. Uh, 
No, it's not called the rundown. I'm not. I'm not sticking was, with that. I was, was going to say, let's no before y'all get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 don't send us a rundown drop. Yeah, this, this is not an official segment. No. Uh, what's going on? Oh man, I, we cannot go any further without recognizing the passing of a god, of a legend, of the comedic microphone. Mm. Um. Rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Yeah. Paul yeah, Mooney man. died at 70, 79. 79 of a heart attack. Um, wow. Paul Mooney is a legend. It's a full life, man. I'm telling you, you the man the man has worked with generationally. He yeah. worked with Richard Pryor. He worked with uh fucking Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Um his own comedy has been just unsur- unsurmountable. Um, one of the favorite one, my one of my favorite Paul Mooney jokes, and I, I don't think he was in a set. I think he said in an interview, he was like, "I hate Africans, fuck Africans, because y'all didn't come get us." <laughs> 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 to this day, that yeah. is a that is a foot stomping. That is a foot stomping one. Like, I love that shit. Paul Mooney is one of the realest motherfuckers to ever hold a microphone. He is. <laughs> you know, you about to get some shit. When Paul Mooney gets on mic, you cannot create a Paul Mooney today. You cannot. You it, it won't. It it, it it will not happen. Mm-mm. And we're and we I, well. I guess we can get into it a little bit at this point. Um, Chris Rock was actually just saying that he feels like comedy. And I, I kind of told. I kind of wanted him to shut the fuck up at the same time. He said that comedy. He felt like it's hard to do comedy now with cancel culture and everything. And I hate when people blame everything on cancel culture because I realize that some people take the bullshit and run with it and there is a there's a sec there's a section of the internet that doesn't really care about accountability, they just care about the drag. Yeah. And then the accountability people don't care because accountability or whatever. But I think you have to keep him for one thing. Chris Rock is one of the most prolific, most successful comedians to ever hold a microphone. No one has ever stopped Chris Rock from saying what he's going to say. No. And, and and the thing about cancel culture is that most of it has to do with what people have done more so than what they have said. Right. So, Correct. Like, I mean, shit, Dave Chappelle's still out here cooking, and he's... Dave Chappelle is is doubled and tripled down. Ain't nobody hit Dave Chappelle in the pockets. Yeah, I mean, unlike Louis C.K., who actually pulled out his dick in front of people. Correct. Unlike, unlike uh, even though he's not a comedian, Kevin Spacey, you know, you know, was out here. It was, was out there, out here, and doubled down on being out here. Yeah, and I think the thing that people miss, for one thing, like I said. Why is Chris Rock worried about it? Ain't nobody stopped Chris Rock from saying what the fuck he's going to say. Because to prove this point further, he has a director's cut, a longer version of his last comedic special, where he gets to say some more spicy shit Mm -hmm. about his life. Ain't nobody stopped that. It'll be all right. Ain't nobody tried to cancel him. And Donald Glover tried to say the same shit. Uh, Donald Glover he Where was, Donald Glover was like, man, he was like he well he was like, Oh, cancel culture makes it hard to be creative and to do creative shit and all this bullshit is the same. I now Donald Glover, as much as I love him and as much as he is somebody that I look to as far as unorthodox geeky niggas coming up, 
um, he got to chill the fuck out too. I don't. I, I want people that have the capital and the resources and the goodwill of white folks to shut the fuck up about things that they can change. Mm-hmm. If he at any point can make the thing he wants to see, absolutely. And he chose to make Guava Island. So, I mean, he did make it like forty five. He did like forty five minutes to an hour of him gyrating on Rihanna. So I mean, I, Donald, Donald ain't got to worry about anybody canceling him. No, except ratings. At some point. even then, look, Atlanta can season three of Atlanta. I know y'all waiting for it. Season three of Atlanta. The first two were so good. He he can afford to have a mid third season. No, he can't. No, no, I'm just, I'm just playing. I don't know. Especially after a long hiatus. No. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll no. See that. that shit better be lit. I, I hope it's good. But it uh, left off in a good place. I, and I, I say this about both seasons. Yeah. It, if Atlanta had, it, like, especially season one, if we never got any more Atlanta, season one ended perfectly. Been all right. Yeah. That would have been we and we would have been talking about it to this day as one of the perfect endings to a show. First of all, you can never go wrong ending a show called Atlanta with elevators. Very true. <laughs> with a nigga walking off into the night, possibly homeless, to elevators. That's the most lit shit I've ever heard of. And if it ended like that, I'd, I'd be hailing it as one of the greatest endings of a show of all time. Period. I'd say I'd, I'd be that hype about it. Yeah. And even the second one, where they leveled up, they went off to their tour at the expense of the uh, Clark County nigga mm-hmm. and left bum ass and left bum ass Tracy yeah. at the old house. That's a great ending. It's a great ending. So yeah, I, if they if they ended and I didn't get any more Atlanta, I wouldn't be mad. But we're getting three and four apparently, seasons three and four. Apparently so. Nobody stopping that. Nobody ain't nobody. If they were gonna stop it, they would have stopped it after uh uh what was the what was he called Michael Jackson nigga Teddy Perkins Teddy Perkins. He would have stopped. They would have stopped that shit after Teddy Perkins. If cancel culture was as big a monster as they say it was, they would have stopped it with that that shit. With a Michael Jackson analog shooting himself in the face, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I think that one was too weird to stop. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew what to make of that. <laughs> Even the description when you go on cable, when you, when you bring it up, I forgot what it said, but. It was I, I forgot what the description was, but it was like, yeah, it's one of them kind of episodes, nigga. Like, like just buckle the fuck up, nigga. Like that, I, that, that one, that one got me. That was hilarious. Um, it was like, um, yeah, this is a Darius episode, or yeah, this is some weird shit, something like that. Oh, Randall will look it up. Randall will, you know, I'm the, I'm the Google champ. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if if ever there was a nigga. That'll look up something quick, fast, in a hurry. Well, this is different than the official description. This one says, when Darius goes to pick up a piano, he meets Teddy Perkins, a strange, eccentric man. Oh, no. Who makes no. him feel uneasy. Yeah, that that wasn't. No, nah, it actual- was some oddball shit they warned you in advance for. Um, 
But yeah, I am ready for Atlanta. I, they, they, they. Um, FX is on a is on a good run, and the return of Atlanta would just seal that shit. I wouldn't mind. Uh, actually, I, I'm 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 actually curious about um, Little Dicky season. Two. Dave, Dave. Yeah. I haven't. Wa- I still haven't watched Dave. Oh man! Everybody keep telling me about it. At first, I just wasn't interested in Little Dicky, but all the niggas in my group chat keep telling me about it. Darius is tripping in this one. Yeah. Y'all know I would have been left. That's the description. <laughs> that was the description. <laughs> um, With the Confederate flag hat that says, you mad. God damn, that shit was good. Uh, I kind of, you know what? I want that hat. I do. I want that hat. I don't have anywhere I can wear it. That's true. And if I get locks, that's just... That's that's just that's just counterproductive. When the fucked up part is you wear that hat in Bass Pro Shops, and the wrong people would be like, "Hell yeah, Hell yeah, man. man! Let me tell you why, man. They're all man. Let me tell you one thing I know about the Negro. Negros. You gonna run into a Clive and Bundy motherfucker in there? Um, See, you running the smart blacks. You get it, <laughs> bright boy over here. Mm-hmm. You get it. <laughs> I've been trying to tell. I've been trying to a hey, brother man, that brother one, man, but. I'm not a racist. I, I'm trying to tell them I'm not racist. Oh, no, just, they don't say that. They always go, I don't care who you are. Yeah, I don't care if you're blue, green. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care who you are, purple, man. Purple, magenta. You know I just, saying? I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a free American, and I just, you know, I, I mean, we're all red on the inside, you know, I brother? My, I pay my taxes. How many motherfuckers do you think say, first of all, if a motherfucker opens up a rant with I pay my taxes, you know they're about to be on some fuck shit, yeah. first of all. Yeah. Start there. Yeah, voted, second, voted for a nigga that didn't pay taxes. I would say that. And second, how many? How many of these motherfuckers? If ten motherfuckers say I pay my taxes, how many of these motherfuckers you think is lying? Eight. G- guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. If ten motherfuckers say I pay my taxes, seven of them going to prison over these PPP loans. Yeah. I'm just saying loans, y'all. Loans. Remember that. It's a lot of y'all about to y'all summer about to be fucked up. Y'all getting ready to be be outside. Y'all gonna be inside real yeah. quick in a in a fucking hurry. You know that was a, that's a story that I didn't put on the rundown. So I don't know if we even talked about this on the podcast. Baby Blue from Pretty Ricky, sure. Um, he got so he got shot in Atlanta. I guess everybody getting shot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He got, I think it was in Atlanta. He was out. He was at a bowling alley, and this wasn't one of these. He was out wilding or nothing. He was with his cousin. He was at a he was at a bowling alley somewhere, and he was talking to his cousin outside. And somebody ran up on them and tried to and and tried to rob them. And Baby Blue is a nigga to his heart and said, "Y'all ain't robbing me." And tried to defend his cousin, and they shot him. And he was in Now he was actually In critical condition For a minute I say all that To come right back around To say He pulled through Everybody was rooting for him He pulls through And now he's about to get Scooped up over these PPP loans <laughs> You should have let them rob you So you had an excuse right there. I was going to get y'all, but they 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 got, they got me. me. They got me. They got me. They so. got the whole thing. I just I, I had mean, three million in cash on me. Yeah, man. So you going to actually, man, if you want it, you're going to have to get with them because they you got your saying? shit. They got your shit, bro. I, all uh, look, APB, all, all all cars on these motherfuckers. Yeah, man. I know it's, I, it's it's fucking with me too, man. But 
Shit, I mean, I was actually I was actually on my way to the I was, bank. I was just coming to, to see y'all to, bro. to pay that shit off, man. They they got a nigga, man. Just coming to see a nigga, bro. Just woo. damn shame, bro. It's fucked up out here. Niggas man, is crazy, yeah, man. See, they beat the nigga over the head for a PPP man, loan, man. Man, I want to talk to Joe Biden about this you shit. Know what I'm man. saying, um, talk to Kamala. What's her name? Kamala, Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is baby blue to his heart too. Um, what else we got? The the fall of Joe Button continues. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this <laughs> his lifetime his lifetime documentary is playing out right before our eyes. Nope, it's going to be a Bravo documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so, women that he fucked over are going to be on Lifetime. They're going to be on Lifetime. Yeah. So, um, Olivia Dope, who was formerly a a co host. Of see the thing is podcast, which was an all women it was an all women podcast on the Joe Budden network. It's funny, like the outside of the Joe Budden podcast, all the podcasts on his network are all women. Hmm. Because because the other one is Girl I Guess with uh Karen Civil and Ming Lee, hmm. which is okay. It's not my thing, but it's okay. Um, I I listen to women podcasts that be about like. Whole shit, like I like I do, like it'd be about a bunch of fuck shit, like. Um, so Olivia Dope, who was um, coincidentally the dark skinned co host of this show, <laughs> um, she was really the reason I was listening because I, I I have a soft spot for West Indian women. Um, she left abruptly, like a, a couple months ago. This is like I don't even think the I don't even think the show is in the double digits yet, and she left very abruptly, and nobody had the full story on why. And she finally come, went on IG and did like a twenty five minute thing unpacking uh, what happened leading up to her leaving, and it turned out that there was an episode of See the Thing Is that was heavily edited where Joe Budden showed up. Um, Apparently to support, uh, strangely enough, to support the women because they had complained that being on his label, on his podcast label, they didn't feel directly supported. They didn't feel any direct attention from him. Mm -hmm. So he showed up in person, which I think with Joe Budden's history of being who he is, is the worst thing you can do when your podcast network is all women. (laughs) And to sum it up, he consistently said on air uh consistently talked about how he wanted to fuck olivia dope yeah pretty consistently and using those words exactly those words and it wasn't like any in your windows he kept saying it and she's sitting right there and she looked super duper uncomfortable like yeah she looked super uncomfortable I just there was there were so many bad decisions made, and I, I remember when the episode aired. There were just so many bad decisions made in that whole scenario that ended with Joe Budden apologizing, but coming over to hug her and like <clears throat> gyrating his pelvis on her playfully. But not only did he to apologize for sexual harassment. Yeah, not only did he go over to hug her, but like uh, her co-hosts were were. We're cheering this shit on, like, yeah, you need to go over there. And, and, oh, know, look so at them cute. making yeah, up, yeah, make it up. And she was visibly uncomfortable with it, and she was like, "I'm stuck here on air." 
And she gave him the Christian side hug. Show did. Show did. And he wrapped, he wrapped that other arm around. Yeah. Don't you, isn't that the weirdest shit you ever saw? Somebody hit you with the church hug and you don't take the hint? Yeah. I, that's, that's, boy, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it's just me because I was raised in the church. Um, amazingly enough. But, <laughs> but. Oz went on to do a podcast <laughs> consisting of. Well intentioned niggardry. Well intentioned niggardry, where he says "pussy" fifteen times an episode. Yeah. Um, but now there was rumors that this was the case, but hearing it from her mouth really puts a bad taste in your mouth. It really puts a bad taste in your mouth, and it really doesn't help that on top of all the other criticisms Joe's getting with the Rory and Maul situation and the fact that. The B squad, the new the B squad, or the new A squad of his podcast is a bunch of forty plus year old fuck niggas that uh, that worship Kevin Samuels. The optics on this are just all bad. Not only that, I mean she she came with timestamps and everything, bruh. And then somebody went behind that and created a video compilation of all these timestamps, looking at all the timestamps, and you can see where she was clearly uncomfortable and and was and was and it was real fucked up. As you said, it was heavily edited. So they would edit out what he said, but you can clearly see her reaction. Well, she's looking fucked up. Yeah, to like, wow, he actually said that shit. And I'm just sitting here taking it. And and what makes it worse is that, again, her co-hosts are sitting there just kind of laughing and shit on he it. Can. Yeah, and, 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 and pretending like they're completely oblivious to this shit. Which was amazing to me because apparently the story is, and we're going to get into this a little later, uh, the story is that um, they pulled her to the side and asked her if she wanted uh, any of these parts of it edited, edited out, to you know, so she didn't have to look crazy, which is admirable, but it shouldn't be admirable on its own. Like editing it out doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? Because y'all know it happened, and y'all like, and it's and it's crazy. Some of the criticisms that got leveled against her is like. Oh well, you went to Joe, you went to work for Joe Budden. You should have knew what the vibes were. I don't think I don't think that's right either, because if we're keeping it real, a lot of you motherfuckers go to work for some com- for for a bunch of companies that y'all know um, uh, invest in conflict materials that don't that have that have gotten caught up in the news for not fucking with black people. Mm-hmm. Um. Y'all, if y'all go to y'all go to work for a lot of people that do a lot of fuck shit. So saying, "Oh, well, he's done fuck shit in the past. She should have known," is not a hundred percent fair because he should not have been doing it. Right. The point, you know, and I don't believe that, and I don't believe in telling black women to turn a bag down. And it's fucked up is that y'all can say some shit like that, like he's been known for doing this shit, and y'all still rock with it anyway. I was saying, y'all listening to it? It can't be that big a deal. And you know, if it's not a deal breaker for you, why should it be a deal breaker for her? You know, I, so there's a lot of ways to unpack that. And I have to say, Joe Button is just having the worst month of all time. Like, and all, all of that on top of apparently now the hot rumors that. Uh, the hot rumors that Rory and Maul are about to do their own thing. Have you seen that? Have you seen that 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 logo going around? Uh-uh. There's a logo going. I don't know if it was fan made or what, 
But there's a logo going around. I think it's on Rory's. Uh, no, it it might be on Maul's Instagram. But there's a logo of their beards. One of them being Rory's ginger beard. Uh, and it says, and it's it's called New Rory and Maul. Uh, I wish I could, I, I wish I could find it on here, but yeah, it's called it's, and it just says New Rory and Maul. There it is. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a little on the nose. I see it. Yeah, a little on the nose, but okay. Okay. Um. All right, that's kind of like uh, you know the Reeves logo with their faces on it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Um. <clears throat> that's why I think it was fan made. Sure. Um. And apparently there there's a document going around about Joe Budden's accounting. That I hope is fake. Because it says Joe Budden gets 90% of the splits. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that was fake. That was, that okay, was, that, yeah, was that, fake. that was fake. Okay, yeah. okay fair I enough. I saw that shit. It was fake. It that was funny, had to though. be fake. It was hilarious because yeah. it was like Rory and Maul get like 1% or 2%. Yeah. Parks is like question mark, question mark. Yeah. And then the chick who originally was on the podcast before Rory showed up in like episode 10 Marissa has gotten her shit off about how how toxic Joe was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not it's not going well. And why is this newsworthy to anyone? Why are y'all surprised? I don't think it's so. I don't think it's a matter of surprise. Well, part of it might be. And I, and I have a theory about this. Joe Button has done some fucked up shit in this day. He's admitted to as much. Um, more specifically, during his drug addled days. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with Joe Button is that it's a good story when you look at it like from far away before you focus it's a good story in the way that there's a, we want to it's like a sitcom we want to believe that this person who was wilding out we've seen this we've seen this before the person who was wilding out when they were when, when they were a big name on their rock star shit falls on their ass usually by their own doing mm-hmm. and reinvents themselves people want to believe that story People want to believe that story because it's human. People want to believe that story because a lot of times, especially in these times when the pandemic has knocked people down, yeah. people want to believe in stories about redemption and that you can and that you can flourish by being a regular person that is not necessarily a part of this woke network. This, uh, that is not necessarily a part of the woke community or whatever. That you can just be a regular person and flip and flip that and turn it into something positive. People want to believe that story. Yeah. The problem with that is that story only works when all the ideals are in place. Joe Budden is not that. Mm-mm. He's not an ideal model of anything. Nope. Except. Maybe a toxic person. <laughs> he's a he's an ideal toxic human being, who we are seeing more and more is the cause of his own downfall at all times. Good for him. I hope it's working out for him. And I and and it, it's it's sad because for a long time, Joe would actually sound kind of moderate on some shit. But now that he has his homeboys that have been around since his toxic days, and they themselves are fairly are, are Rory and Maul had their moments, but Ice and Ish are exit level toxic. 
Jeez, that like they are ridiculously toxic and don't know shit about shit. So this is turned it's transforming into another podcast that some of the toxic niggas that listen to it go for, but a lot of people did not sign up for. Mm-hmm. I myself quit my Patreon uh subscription. Like it's going there. Like she, like he had a he had an interview with like Johnny Blaze. I was like, "Okay, I see where we're headed." Okay. Okay. I, I assume you're not alone in that. I <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the the uh the ratings for this See the thing is episode and they've got more more thumbs down than thumbs up on it. Oh, that's been from the beginning. They love to hate this show. Oh, okay. They love to hate this show. I, I I assume it's it's gonna be more for this episode because it's the therapy. That that's another thing. Stop the therapy. I'm so sick of therapists coming on the fuck on fucking podcast now. It was novel when there was a realness to it, when there was a when you you felt like you were getting a piece of someone coming to some realizations about themselves and the person they're beefing with. Like, when Horrible Decisions did it. That one was funny. That one was entertaining. That was funny. <laughs> and But you also, it because it seemed real, it, there was there was something to these, these people that have fucked with each other since high school learning some shit about each other and themselves. This doesn't feel like that. This feels obligatory. It feels obligatory and it feels rollout-ish. And we're going to get into it more later, but I, I yeah, that's that's the part that gets me, and the part that I feel like this is all a part of the downfall of Joe Budden. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think it's gonna stop being a million dollar podcast. Um, I don't think it's gonna be what it was the last time they were on tour. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely won't be that. Man, niggas had to suck dick to get a ticket to that shit. Uh, I mean, I went to one and. I mean, it was. I heard it was live. I was able to buy a ticket. I didn't have to perform. Okay, you did. Felatio. You did procure a ticket. Okay, yes, fair I didn't enough. Have to perform Felatio. Fair enough. I also left about halfway through it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I'd seen enough. I mean, I was like, all right, it's like the podcast, but in person. Okay, fair enough. Y'all ready to make that move? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I <laughs> bet. Did Did you go with the wife? Had did, Had the wife ever? Experience Joe Button? Uh, she, I mean she, she watches she watches that shit that you watch, so she's probably seen him on. Oh, okay, fair enough. All right, seen him on one of those the loving hip hop yeah. or something. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, what else is going on? Uh, oh, I did watch Pause with Sam J. Did you watch that? I did. I watched the first episode. Okay, how did you feel about it? Interesting. Um, I, I know every. It, it, it's kind of weird because I. I see now that we are starting to enter into kind of a new renaissance of black voices, yeah. black entertainment. 100, yeah. And one thing that we can definitely say is that the verses, I mean, the, the voices are very diverse. Yeah. Even if we go back to, you know, Jesus and Miro to Black Lady Sketch Show. Right. We talked about Z-Way, I think, a little bit we last We did talk week. about Z-Way. And Sam J, and not to mention, you know, the Insecures and all the other things. Right. Like, Michael these Shane. are all very, very diverse offerings. Very much so. And and Sam J also stands alone in that, in that her um, late night talk show format kind of, sort of situation yeah. is, is, is interesting. 
Um, I, and, I, and again, I usually don't. I usually don't judge too much by the pilot, and I usually give it. A, I usually give most shows about three episodes, except Z Way. I'm not gonna watch this shit. No, I usually, same. I usually give it about three episodes if it's if it's somewhat interesting to see how things iron out. Um, it is. It, it, it's it's refreshingly weird to hear black people speak unfiltered. Correct. Conversationally. Uh, conversationally unfiltered. It's normal for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's shocking to see it on a platform like HBO. Agreed. Where, you know, old men, old white men signed off on that shit. And we haven't <laughs> seen black, black people talking candidly like that in a while. Yeah. You know, Def Comedy Jam was a thing. Yeah. Um, I could probably think of maybe maybe you could count the it's not really conversational because it's scripted, but maybe like the wire or Treme. Yeah. We got to actually hear people that sounded like us, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't hear a lot of that. One one thing that stood out to me though, the um the segment on conservatives, black conservatives, was yeah. was interesting because it it did it did um confirm one thing that I've always felt about black conservatism and that Conservatism, conservatism, conservatism. Yeah. Is that the right term? Okay, that's that's yeah. on, on its own. Just like liberalism on its own is not inherently good or bad. True. Um, it is an ideology, um, and conservatism and being a Republican are two different things. It just Agreed. so happens that Republicans identify identify themselves as conservatives. Correct. And I think this. This segment was good at separating that in that both of the um, the young man and the young lady that they interviewed mm-hmm. were, were able to say, like, a lot of the views that we have are very in tune with what people want. And we do, we do understand that the Republican Party does not necessarily mirror our ideals. They were right. able to make that distinction, which I thought was important and a good point to make, especially when Sam Jay asked them about the... Uh, the more social conservatism, right, and in particular, the Republican Party's stance on the LGBTQ community. Correct. And there was a there was a pretty cool moment there where the young lady uh, came out as queer, as queer, and they talked about the whole dichotomy of being a queer person who navigates through the channels of the of conservatism. And you know how that's you know it's it's one thing that they ask of their party like hey can y'all kind of let this shit go because this right. this shit is fucking up our agenda doesn't have anything to do with the principles that that we believe in and I, that was and it was a, and it was one of those conversations that even when I didn't agree mm-hmm. and pushed back against a lot um. It put me in a, but it put me in a space to where I felt like the conversation was being had with a reasonable person, mm-hmm. because I, because I always and, and they made a good point, and there is a good point to be made here that it's dangerous, <clears throat> it's dangerous to write off conservatism as inherently bad, um, because it writes off the Republicans, and yes, it writes off the Republicans as inherently bad, but it also writes off the Democrats as inherently good. Which we have seen is not always necessarily the case. Uh, I was just seeing. I just saw where Van Lathan was talking about. He will never. Uh, he will never be straight ticket Democrat ever again, and mm-hmm. that he will not. He, he's not going to be. He's not going to be registered as a Democrat ever again. 
because uh, of some of the fuck shit. Now, on that side, that's fair that, no, neither party is necessarily for us, Even, but the Republican Party is pretty expressly against us. Yeah. Uh, that's the only pushback I had in that situation, but I love that the conversation was being had with somebody who wasn't jumping on the extreme form of the argument. Right. Just to just to be incendiary and call everybody a bunch of dumb liberal brainwashed lemmings. Yeah. And they and they made reasonable um critiques of the Democratic Party in that they and we know this, the Democratic Party does not have to work for Democratic votes. For our vote. They don't have to work for black people's votes. Black people will just vote hands down, and the Democrats don't have to promise anything. That's what happens when you know your opposition is just inherently worse. Yeah. That's how you end up with a Joe Biden. That's how you end up with a Joe Biden. Correct. So, I mean, I I think that it was one of the – I think it was a very fair-minded and open interview – um, shout out to the young 21-year-old dude who got a, stu- a school open before Umar Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> they made mention of that. That was funny. <laughs> um, I, will, I will say about this show, I, it was refreshing to see, uh, one, it was refreshing to see the house party um, kind of backdrop of it all. Um, if The first thing I said, and somebody called it, I didn't know that there's a there's an industry term for shit like this called hangout podcast. Hmm. Which is basically like what we do and like what like Drink Champs does and like with Joe Budden and all that shit. Okay. So I didn't know that. That's an industry term. Hangout podcast. Um Sure. So I was saying sure, if you say so. Um I will say that it did look like what I would do with this podcast if I had a budget. That's what episode 100 could have looked like. That is what, what episode 100 could have been. Um, I, I So I love the Hangout format, and I love that black people are, are allowed to speak candidly and... You know, like a party, and and sometimes sometimes talk over each other. Sometimes a point gets lost. Sometimes a sometimes a point isn't as strong as it could have been out of a different mouth. And sometimes mm-hmm. and and it's not. There's not so much pressure to have all the talking points down and have and embrace debate and all whatever all that shit Stephen A. Smith says. Mm-hmm. Um. So I like that it was lo- that, it, and I also think it took advantage of. The fact that people are missing that experience. Yeah. That people have been, that there are some people who've been doing all the right things who have been missing that experience in being able to just to show up at a friend's house and everybody's over there and, you know, oh, who all there and that all that, that whole vibe. Yeah. There were no masks. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, this was a sound. This was a sound stage, most likely. Yeah, they 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 tested all of them. Though. They were tested. There was I, I saw in the credits where somebody was in charge of testing. Yeah. Um, and you know that you know they, they, that was planned a long ahead of time, and she Sam J definitely had comedian friends there that I know from Twitter, and so I, you know I, that lured me in, but then. When you have those other segments that are really kind of un, like 
unorthodox and having real conversations and tell asking people what they see on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, that was dope. Um, and then you get to the end with the what, what the nigga constitution. Yeah, the nigga constitution was amazing, but not the nigga constitution was cool, but it was great. When they ended it with what they called the nigga national anthem, <laughs> which is Return of the Mac. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, I will never fight Return of the Mac being the nigga national anthem. As long as it wasn't, it comes to hot stepper, or this is how we do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I keep forgetting you were from that. You were, you were directly from that era when that was overplayed. Man. Um, the Constitution was written on Crown Royal fabric. <laughs> Um, I so I like that it is breaking from the norm that we're still innovating in late night talk spaces. Yeah. Um, a a a queer black woman who is um who is already pretty I would say accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, airing out her being able to air out her grievances. Now I will say one thing about some of the pushback. I saw some shit on Twitter where they were mad that she said nigga so much in front of white people. Bro, shut the fuck up. She she said she said nigga a lot. She and did to to a point where I you know it it was just distracting to me. Like I didn't take offense to it. I was like, wow, she really does say nigga a lot, which potentially can take the punch out of when you want to make a point with it. Correct. Like by the time we got to the nigga constitution, I had become desensitized to the word nigga. But I mean, that's just how she talks. So. This was such a heavy pour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, and and that now that form of the argument I can get with mm-hmm. because it's because it's a presentation issue. Mm-hmm. It's a presentation issue. It's a speaking issue. That's a production issue. I can get with that. But when niggas on Twitter are talking about oh she said nigga all this time in front of white people are we what Paul Mooney isn't even in the ground yet. Right. Paul Mooney and he would be turning over in his fucking grave. Keep keep the same energy no matter where you are, man. Listening to y'all worried about what white people think about niggas saying nigga. I will say nigga playing pool. I will say nigga at a school. I will say nigga. I will say nigga in a box. I'll say nigga with a fox. I don't give a fuck. I will say I will say nigga on a light bright. I'll say nigga with whites. I don't give a damn. I was, <laughs> everybody that worked with me at the old job knows I will say nigga at a nigga's moment's notice. The fuck. Are you and, and say it to your face as a white person, and you still better not say it. My my job is a little different, though. You better, <laughs> man. I, we could be singing "See the Same Hole." If I leave, you uh, you better wait till I leave the lean of that shit. <laughs> Fuck out of here! Uh, you know we have to stop that. I, I we, in twenty twenty one, we cannot be worried about what white people think about the word nigga. I will say nigga all I want, and if you if you say it because you thought I said because you thought I thought it was okay, I'm gonna still slap the shit out you. I mean, they came up with it. Why are they why are they mad at hearing it? I, y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop this white gaze bullshit. I'm just telling you. Uh, what else we got here? Byron Allen. Ooh, Byron Allen suing McDonald's for ten billion dollars. How much? I I repeat, ten billion dollars. Billion with a B? With a B, nigga. Like, what did they do to him? 
So he is suing for racial discrimination, um, which is kind of becoming his bread and butter. Um, Byron Allen is suing for racial dim- uh, discrimination on account of McDonald's uh, marketing campaign towards black people. And if you've lived long enough, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, they because they good for that bullshit. Calvin got a job down at McDonald's. The <laughs> whole neighborhood watch oh. Calvin walk down the street to get a job below a living wage. You know what I'm saying? And or 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 there was that time when they started making them corny R and B music videos mm. out of niggas begging for McNuggets. Yeah. Pretty sure Mary J. Blige sang about McDuggins at one point. Oh, she no, she had to. Was it the KFC that she sang about? It was Burger King. Burger King. Burger yeah. King. Yeah. Um, but McDonald's has probably been the most consistent with it, and yeah, that deserves it, I, that deserves a lawsuit. On the other hand, the problem with these lawsuits and the Byron Allen in particular, because he went after Comcast on the same shit, is it's hard to prove in court. To a jury, okay, this was blatantly racist. Yeah, he, he's not getting. He's not going to get ten billion. He's not going to get ten billion. The settlement might be nice, but he's yeah. not getting ten billion with a B. And I, and I, but you know what? I think Byron Allen is smart enough to know that, and I don't think it's necessarily about the payout. It's about making them uncomfortable, making them uncomfortable, and holding them accountable. Yeah. And someone has to be doing that. And for all our talk, for all a lot of people in the, in in the entertainment industry's talk. There are not a lot of people holding holding white people's nuts to the fire the way Byron Allen is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we it, you know, not that this is the Byron Allen dick riding podcast, but I I do appreciate how this nigga told y'all what he's after, and so far he has been getting it. Mm-hmm. He has acquired quite a bit of uh, um, real estate on television. Yep. Um, I think he's I think he's got a. A show coming up that's going to be called like the Griot TV because he owns the Griot. Um, as long as he doesn't bring back the Byron Allen show, <laughs> it, was, it was not very good. He means well. He brought it out. He brought it at the wrong time. But I mean, shit. Who came up? Look, look. There are a lot of things that came out at the wrong time that could circle back around. And if we looked at it closely. Vibe featuring Chris Spencer. Okay, maybe not Vibe. (laughs) Shit. No, let's not do that. Um, There are are a few things that that maybe didn't come out at the right time or didn't have the right backing. That I think if they came out now or if they made a rollout back around to now, they would be exactly what we're looking for. I feel like this is Wesley Snipes' entire career. I've said this before, like with Passenger 57. This is Wesley Snipes' whole career. All those protagonists that get to be more powerful than the plot that we usually see from Jason Statham and fucking Vin Diesel. We've been looking for that from a protagonist, from a nigga who can act. Wesley Snipes kind of fits that bill. He ain't no... I mean, he ain't no... He also chose to do Coming to America. <sighs> yes. And he the reason! Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let's not do that again, Wesley. Um, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> I don't think any of them will be doing that again. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, there's so yeah, there's definitely that. I think that deserves that that deserves something. But I, like I said, I think I think there are a lot of things that if they came back around, I think we would appreciate them. You know, what I was just telling somebody about everybody's been bigging up Carl Lumley for uh, doing um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Carl Lumley deserves uh, all the all the praise and applause because. And I was a kid. A lot of y'all don't remember this shit. A lot of y'all weren't born for this shit. The Mantis. Do you remember the Mantis? Yes. Carl Lumley was a original made superhero on Fox on Fox primetime for like two seasons called the Mantis. Wow. Where he was, where he was this scientist in a wheelchair who came up with a super suit that could make him walk again, but it made him strong and all this shit. He had all these gadgets. Wow. And he had like these little darts that could freeze people and shit. The Mantis was hard. Like I the, completely forgot about that. Bruh. They had this nigga they had this nigga in a flying like Cadillac. I shit you not. The, the pilot movie had him in a flying fucking Cadillac. And then they picked it up for a show and they got rid like it was cause it was him in like a like a dark man looking suit. Under like over the little suit. Over the super suit, but they they took that away for the series. Ah, yeah, and the shit was hard. Looking like, like looking like if Doom was a stormtrooper. Yeah, <laughs> I see that. That that shit was hard. It had all the shit that we get from the white superhero shows, like the cop that like the like the lady cop that was like that put out like a task force to get the mantis, mm-hmm. but ended up falling in love with the real guy. Damn, I forgot about this show. She even, he even had he had a white dude that was the man in the chair. Like it was a reversal. This shit was hard. That was my shit. You know what? This is gonna sound like blasphemy. They need to roll that shit back out. What, you, what is it? You know what would actually probably pop off today if they brought it out today? What is that? Homeboys in outer space. Okay, I out. can't. Ru- I- <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. 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 Hear me out. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not the same name with the same premise, but sure, there's room for niggas in space right now. Okay, I, w- I will go with you that there's room for niggas in space currently. Not not necessarily, but no, not that show in its form. No, that still is one of the worst shows ever, ever made. Ever. Flex got to hold that L. Yeah, but I think there's room for niggas in space right now. Again, not not this title, not this concept, not these people. But we could have the, the space exploration with two niggas. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Imagine, okay. Uh, imagine if something like Firefly was. Yeah, uh, you know. Or the, I'm with you. You know. Yeah, or, I, I'm getting there. I'm just saying. I, it took me a minute, but I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm going. I'm getting there That's with what you. I'm saying. I'm just saying. Just take take the Ron Bell out of it. You know. Yeah, man. <laughs> take that out of it. You know, instead of the Mandalorian, it could be the main DeLorean. You know, <laughs> I'm just Damn. saying. I'm just saying. But you know, just, just just follow me on that. I'm just, mm. yeah, man. And they, oh, who's the chick? Who's the chick? We we know her from something. Uh, was that Garcelle? Was that Paulette Braxton? Okay, so we didn't know her from. Anything. I don't know. That's her, right? 
I knew it was a generic light skin. Okay. Kid. Okay. I you know yeah. I was a kid, so everything blended blended together for me. But for a long for the longest time, I thought that was Garcelle Beauvais from uh, Jamie Fox. Well, in order to have um, you know. A, a black centric show on TV yeah. back then. You, you had just, to be light skinned. You just needed a generic light skinned chick. Yeah, that's true. And you know she fit the bill. That's true. Yeah, you right. You right. It was that. It was that. It was the yeah. That's the UPN era for you. Yeah. Um, you know uh, there are some people that got big off of exactly that description. I'm not going to say any names. I mean, Garcelle Bouvier was was an honorary light skin. Yeah, she was just a shade too. <laughs> she was just a shade too dark for what they were going for. She just barely like a D minus on the on the paper bag test. <laughs> yeah, she had light skin tendencies. <laughs> Shit. Um. Yeah. God damn! How do we get the homeboys in outer space? You know, I'm just saying. Um, I'm going to make a homeboys in outer space. Okay. Not the we, name, not the concept, <laughs> right. not those people. <laughs> and not that show at all. You. I will support you. I will support you. No, man. I feel you. No, I, I, I don't want that fake support, though. No, niggas in space. No, niggas space exploration. I can get with that. Yeah. Yeah, it would just have to be way away from this plot. <laughs> Shit. I will begin casting generic light skins now. You do that. <laughs> um, There was a, a topic that we got for listener letters last uh, last week. From uh, uh, Ibersol Fallon. Yeah. Um, but in addition to us being drunk and running along, <laughs> it was one of those topics that I felt like deserved a little more unpacking than just a listener letter. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was a um, a podcast that he had us listen to. Um, I wish I I wish I remembered the name of it, but it had the author of this book. That I'm somewhat familiar with called Heavy uh, That was written by a black southern gentleman uh, Named Kiese Lehman I've never read it I'm very uh, familiar with how popular it is mm-hmm. But they had a talk about that, that kind of sprung from a discussion That was had on Twitter That we had here on the podcast as well About uh, music in the south Yeah about uh, from the what was it the Beatles versus Outcast thing? Yeah, it, that was kind of the springboard for it. But just talking about how influential music in the music in the South was, particularly during the time of Outcast, that like they brought people from the East Coast to the South um, with their debut album. And, and part of that part of that argument also was that the Beatles um, gentrified. Black struggle in their music and 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 kind of popularized it. I, I know that was one of the that was one of the topics. And I don't lay that all at the Beatles' doorstep because the Beatles were not completely self-made. Right. Someone, someone, they were a band. At, they were a band already, but someone created the Beatles. Correct. So yeah, I, that's one of those things where a lot of people get on people about appropriation and what what was borrowed and what wasn't. I look at the people in the studio and in the boardrooms to that for that. Well, the, the the one thing that I've I've obviously been very involved in music for most of my life, sure. and and one of the things that I've come to realize over all this time is that um, 
black music and in particular southern black music is pretty much the heart and soul of all popular not only popular music but like western when i say western music Correct. like western world music yeah. um going you know if you go from the uh, from the negro spirituals to early bluegrass and country to the blues gospel to jazz gospel and even into r&b and soul and into hip hop today all popular and rock and roll oh let me not forget that can't forget that yeah all popular forms of music originated from not just black but from southern black roots even music that you identify as the motown sound or or, Mm -hmm. or music from the midwest or even the west coast in certain regions were from people who immigrated from the south into those those more northern right areas as well so even like st louis chicago cleveland detroit all that shit all that is deeply, deeply rooted in Southern music. Right. So, Ray Charles' whole sound, like the first half of the, uh, for those of you that don't know the history, the first half of the Ray Charles movie Mm -hmm. was him flipping uh, gospel music into a sound that nobody had heard before. It's funny you should mention it. Um, It's funny you should mention Ray Charles because uh, a few years ago, back in 2000. 2005, I think, is when Hurricane Katrina hit. Um, around that time, Kanye's Gold Digger yep. was kind of a popular song, or, or just finished kind of a, a very popular run. Yeah, a really good run, yeah. Yeah, this was in late August 2005. Um, me and my partner in rap, we did uh, kind of a parody of Gold Digger. Okay. In response to the the Hurricane Katrina debacle, and the song was called "George Bush Doesn't Care About Black People," and mm-hmm. and it talked about the the tepid response by the government to assist people that had been affected, yeah, by the flood. And this was this was two thousand five. So this is pre Twitter. This is pre Facebook. Pre basically pre pre social media outside of maybe MySpace. Uh, yeah, MySpace. And it went it went viral. Mm-hmm. It, it was probably the biggest thing that we've ever done, and we stopped counting at around five million downloads. Like we we couldn't we we lost control of the count after that. It, it got pretty big. Damn. So much so that I started receiving phone calls from news outlets and radio stations, mm-hmm. and even academics from across hey. the country. Not DJ academics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People in actual academia. Just making sure y'all still awake. <laughs> yeah. Just people people who actually deal with academic institutions. And one of these was uh, Professor James Boyle from, okay. the, from Duke University. And although I'm a UNC fan, I took his call. Um, he, he's a professor of law, and in particular, professor of law and uh, intellectual property and copyright. And he was tracing the etymology of the song that we that we released because he you know he knew that it was a derivative of right. Kanye's song and his and what he was studying at the time was how how different concepts and sounds and, and different intonations get tracked intergenerationally in black culture. Correct. So he traced obviously our song back to Kanye's Gold Digger, which was traced back to Ray Charles I Got a Woman. 
which Ray, which from Ray Charles was traced back to um, a gospel song. Correct. Uh, that wasn't that really know. published called Jesus is all the world to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it his, the, the, the chapter, he wrote a book about it called the public domain that he actually used. I mean, it was, he, you know, it was obviously for sale, but he used it as the, uh, the core text for his, for a course that he taught at Duke university. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the part of that chapter talks about how pervasive black music is to the collective conscious of, of the times that mm-hmm. it's in. So, and again, this is not just black music, but Southern influenced black music. Correct. Which again, we see, um, without cast as well. It was actually kind of cool because we actually, he brought us, yeah, we, we participated in a couple of his classes via phone or whatever. Yeah. And where we got to actually got to participate in, you know, the education of Duke university students, from a song that we wrote in a few minutes and just kind of put on the, on the internet. But it also reminded me through other conversations with people of how, again, pervasive Southern music is. If you listen to most, especially hip hop right now, most popular hip hop right now has Southern inflections to it. This is true. So yes, Southern music is, is, it's everywhere. You can't tell me. You have to convince me otherwise. But everything traces back to to southern roots. Um, Largely black. Y'all better recognize. We are the culture. Not, not even largely. We all that Primarily. Shit is ours. All that shit is ours. We are the culture. I, I say this all the time. Is that if you look, if you look far back enough, mm-hmm. and not even that far back, we are the culture. Yeah. We 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 determine the direction in which the culture moves. We are the culture. You are the culture. Always remember that. Yep. Also, um, new We Are the Culture shirts coming soon. Yep. Um, don't, don't let us find out like Beethoven and Mozart were black too, <laughs> right? Because that's all y'all are hanging on <laughs> right now. I was gonna say that. Yeah, that, y'all ain't got much left. Y'all got Abba. Y'all got Abba. We'll let y'all have that. What is Abba? Uh, Mama Mia. Dancing no, queen. No, I'm just saying. But what yeah. are what is Abba ethnically? Uh, d- uh German, Dutch, something like that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all gonna have that. We'll let you hold on to it for now. Yeah. <laughs> Where did Abba get this style from, though? Hmm? Let, let me find out. It was a fat black dude on the on the band hmm. uh, playing bass for Abba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what the fuck he was playing. He, 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 he didn't know what. What is this? What is this? He knew what them checks looked like. He knew though. exactly what them checks looked like. Um. Actually, on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. Sweet. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. You are listening to Sober Conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. Yes. And we are back. Skip. We are black. Skip. We are opinionated. 
And I have been drinking straight at least for the past 15 minutes. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have an interesting episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, we are out of. Oh. <laughs> Here you go. So let's go get interesting. I'm about to drink straight off. <laughs> if, you, if you're checking this off on your opinions while black bingo card, yeah, go ahead and hit that. You know we're gonna we're we're gonna do that. So we yeah. uh, we had a couple of submissions. Um, if you have any ideas for opinions while black bingo that would go on a bingo card, the shit we do on the show, um, go ahead and. Submit those to us, opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. We, for episode 150. <laughs> that nigga with me. <laughs> that was the heaviest part I've ever seen, and he oh. took it like a champ. <laughs> Get him, hit that man with the air horns. Yeah, I deserve air horns. You didn't know what. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, burns. So now you being you being married for so long, Uh-oh. you you you. This isn't something I would expect you to have even that cut to have even come across your desk. Okay. Um, but I heard the weirdest shit. I don't know if it was online or where it was, but it was you know people getting ready for hot girl summer, <laughs> and <laughs> this chick said. If I think she said like if we used to if we used to fuck or if we've ever fucked like if it's been longer than a year or if it's been like two years it don't count like a full reset shit and I said to myself for real I mean shit that can include married people too <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, like there's an expiration date now there's an expiration date on how long you can go having said i hit it like like that expires no it, it that, that depends on whether or not you liked it oh well okay fair okay yeah fair enough i mean you ever get to hit wheezy does that have an expiration? No, it does no. not have an expiration. <laughs> to the grave. I, forever. You taking that shit to the <laughs> forever. grave. Forever. Forever. And, and, and no, no one will ever get to, will ever get to see any footage of it. No, I, I'll hold that I, close to my chest for a lifetime. I don't think they want to. But I'm just saying. You, you'd you be surprised. Niggas are crazy on Twitter. Uh, Niggas are crazy on Twitter. Hey, let me see you, bro. Man, I like I back in the day when, when niggas first started getting like little camcorders, my homeboys used to record themselves. Like, hey man, you want to see it? No, no, I no. She, she was bad though, but you're also in the video. I don't want to see you. We, correct, correct. We don't want to see. We're not looking for you. No, no. Hey, yo, yeah. People get that mixed up. Yeah, nah, nah. Mm-mm. Let me see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, actually, we're gonna. Mm-mm. We're gonna try something here. Are you? Yeah. Oh, he pulled the phone out. Yeah. We're gonna see what happens here. I told you, I'm just gonna start ambushing people. They're not gonna know what the vibes are. And she better, and she better not say I didn't try. Hello. 
Hello? Oh, is this, uh, this? Oh, it's like a purse thing. She dropped the phone. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try one more time. I want to get. A, I, I'm. I'm calling somebody because I want to get like a woman's perspective of this because I really. I. I really want to understand the psychology of this. Hello, Ariel. Hey, you're 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 on the you're on the air. Don't don't say anything crazy. Okay. <laughs> for those of y'all that don't know, for those of y'all that don't remember, if y'all have been listening to us long enough, um, this is my friend uh, Ariel, aka the Broke Socialite. Um, she been she's she's been on the show a couple of times. We I had to I had to call her because I need a I need a woman's perspective on something. You got to stop warning people, man. You got to let them say no. one like fucked up thing and then go. Oh, by the way, you're on air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you so you're live on the air. That is Randall. What's up, Aaron? What's going on? Um. So we wanted to ask. I've been reading this. I've been reading some shit on social media lately with people getting ready for hot girl summer and shit. And I, one thing I keep reading and seeing on social media is women saying that, like, if we haven't, it, if if the last time we fucked is long has been longer than like, I don't know, it's different, like a year or two years or whatever, mm-hmm. it don't count no more. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. So, so wait. Absolutely. So wait a minute. So now, so there's an expiration date on mm-hmm. how long a nigga can say since he hit it. Yeah, what I'm, is- I'm gonna act like I don't even know you. What if what if you uh, enjoyed it though? What if you enjoyed it? What if it was life changing for you? If it was life changing, I, I'd still be doing it. See, oh yeah. shit! <laughs> so if it was good, I'd still be doing it. So mm-mm, no, yeah, don't know you, especially Ooh. quarantine teen. Oh shit! Damn, <laughs> it is wild out here. Oh yeah, man! Wild. Oh wow! Y'all doing it like that? Yeah, well, I'm not. Th- I'm not gonna, well, okay, okay, so that, I guess that's my... How is it? How is that messing it up? Okay, because the way I see it is like, oh, okay, yeah, like, we used to toss or I don't know, like, just don't come anywhere near me this summer. It's like, throwing off my game. Just don't. I don't know you. We've never done it. We've never done anything. I've never known you. Who are you? Oh, Who are you? shit. <laughs> what if they that's do the why. same to you? Please. Oh, okay. <laughs> please, please, <Okay>. please. <laughs> make this easier for everybody. Not I mean, they won't. But um, you know, just know it's okay. You can go your way. I'm gonna go mine. It's cool. No fun. Your game. You go ahead. You know. So, so okay. So this is interesting. This is interesting. And I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a dialogue going. I'm gonna ask, like, at, at, like as as the summer goes on, I'm gonna dive into this a little bit. I have now I have a personal now I have a personal question. This came up last week. Uh I might I think I might try to call you um 
but I, I do have a personal question. Okay. So <laughs> you showed out for Mother's Day. I saw that. Oh, thank you. That was wonderful. You, oh, thank you. When you had like you like you had a chef come over and make and make your mother brunch. I did. I did. I had a personal chef come over. <laughs> okay. And uh, he cooked for her. Now that was that was wonderful. Um. Also, uh, happy Happy Mother's Day to Miss Sheila. Um. Let me let me just ask because if I don't ask, y'all know me. If I don't ask, who will? Are you stripping? Am I stripping? <laughs> 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 Am I stripping? No. I am thinking about it, but no, I'm sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just asking because on your salary. Because <laughs> I know what you do for a living, and that's not disrespect. Cause no, not at all, but that's so. You're not the only person that's ever asked me that. They'd be like, how much does that cost? Because I was like, I don't understand. What? Like, what? That's some shit the nigga did on brown sugar. Like, 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 like he had a nigga. <laughs> Yes, I am one of those people that believes that nigga didn't really cook for her. No, I'm sorry. Oh, you wrong. I've, that, that nigga didn't cook for her. Get the fuck out of here. There was no food on that apron. Boris Kojo talking about he was in the kitchen. Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, I know people used to do that. They get a homegirl to cook for them before they, you know, little chick come over and then like plate it and then just have them leave. I, I am done. I am people. I am people. I am people. <laughs> but I am we are shit, we're both people. I did it. I did. Oh, no, that's your side. Okay. I brought I brought my mama's plates over. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I mean, look. If it works, it works. It, one, it works. If the and if the shit good, ain't nobody gonna complain. And a year has expired since then. So it didn't count. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I've done it. I had a homegirl cook a whole spread with a fruit tray and everything. I shit wow. you not. And and the girl walked wow. in, and the girl walked into a hotel with a hot with a hotel room with rose petals, a hot meal, and fucking floating candles in the bathtub, and oh. fo- and her and her favorite album playing. Um, your your homegirl earned half them draws, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking straight. All I know is result. Look, it got results because I was got because I was got the pussy. That's all I know. That's. I'm about to say. I mean, Jesus, better in with some dick. All that. Look, the, 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 when the, when she saw when she saw the, when she saw the the garlic bread was fresh. And we're talking about actual bread, right? The actual yes, okay. Randall, actual just, bread. It's the kind of show, man. I'm drinking straight. I'm just saying, results were got. That's I'm, I. I don't brag on my shit ever, but results were got. My soul almost broke my body. Not the fresh garlic bread. Freshly made garlic <laughs> bread. Because no we had because we had to time it right. She was she was fixing everything then and got everything to the room as we were on the way. Because I had to distract her, so I took her shopping. Shopping will always be the grand distraction. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna be at the gallery of complaining, sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> and and so it happened, the results happened, and I it's been a few years now, but 
you not uh, that does not have an expiration date because <laughs> results were got. And if, if 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 you didn't get those results that were got a year ago, then you just need to step your game up and be worthy of the room with the full spread. That's all. I, he said this is a tried and true method. This is a tried and true method. Okay. And everybody don't get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody don't get it. I'm, look, I, I would, I'll, I'll dust it off if it's right. I'm staying. I'm just saying. You know, I would appreciate that over you trying to cook for me. You can't cook because I've had a guy do that, and he almost burned my damn kitchen down. Like I just would have rather him have somebody else do it or just take me out to eat. See, but don't come over here trying to make me homeless. There's no excuse for that now, though. Like, like the right YouTube tutorial will get you right very quickly. Really. Yeah, yeah, they can. I made the best orange chicken I've ever made in my life. Look, man, door dash it. <laughs> put put it on the stove before they get there. Get them fancy plates right. out. You know what I'm saying? They'll get, never know the difference. Get them, okay. get them grandma Thanksgiving plates out. It just can't be, you know, like something that's widely known. Like, I don't know if you saw that picture. Like, I was like, he cooked for his girl. Oh, you can obviously tell that Popeye's chicken. Oh. With the biscuits in the microwave. Oh, yeah. and we're like, sir, you are fooling no yeah. one. I, my look, my look, my mouth knows the specific dryness <laughs> of a Popeyes biscuit. Damn, your steak tastes just like Outback. <laughs> <laughs> How you got your shit tasting just like it? I used to work there. I do it like that, man. You know, I just I be doing. You know, I I know. I used to work. I used to work there. You know, what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, I just but yeah, I just I just had to I just had to get a woman's perspective about this like about this expiration date on the dick like it like it's weird like like it, it's getting harder for niggas out here like it is it is the girls are smartening up I love it we are no longer claiming it we're having amnesia I so y'all just, so y'all just worried about a nigga blowing up your spot. That's really what it comes down to, yeah. Like, like you don't want to be out, and, like you don't want to be out and getting new dick. Exactly. <laughs> and then, a, and then you a know, nigga act act away. Exactly. Definitely don't 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 come up in here tripping. No. Is, and it's done. Is, is is there a redemption program? Is there uh-huh. is, is there something is is there something the right nigga could do? Because I always say this: the right nigga can do the wrong shit all day. Do oh, they, of course. Do they need of to course. renew their subscription? I mean, so, of course, with, with the right nigga, there are exceptions to the rule. Now, for, I would say, the general population, once your coupon has expired, it has expired. You cannot redeem you after the date. I don't, <laughs> you know, you, you just can't come up in here trying to, like, exchange for goods. But it's, mm-mm. Okay, yes, okay. No. I see. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, exp- yeah. I'm gonna research this a little more as the summer goes on. Yeah, uh, this is a, this is a riveting, this is a riveting topic. It just the, 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 the psychology behind nigga mating rituals. It's insane. <laughs> wow. I, sp- I mean, look, I spent ten years working at working at half price with white people and studying white people. So I, I got to get back to studying niggas. You have a degree in caucasity. I have look. I have a master's in caucasity. <laughs> I defended my I, my final year at half price with me defending my thesis. 
Yeah, um, yeah college I'm, credits in high I'm, school. I'm, I am magna cum laude. Thank you very much. Oh wow! With honors, I love to see it. See, see there, see that's what I'm talking about. Y'all be sleeping on me, y'all. The amount of stuff that people really know about me, just y'all, it will blow your mind. Um, Ariel, thank you so much. Tell them where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, the Dangerous Dame underscore. Had to change it up because my student found me. Um, oh, shit. Also at the, <laughs> also at the Broke Socialite. Broke is spelled B R O Q U E. And thank you, Oz. I always enjoy you guys. When are you when are you potting again? That's what I want to know. What strip club can we find? Here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had really okay, so what if I was supposed to be like, wait, what did you say? Did that something? <laughs> he didn't say no. I can't believe he said that shit. Oh, this nigga said, "What strip club?" Can you fuck you. Uh, when I when I get an audition, I let you know. Yeah. I'll put you the name. Not that I'm showing up or anything. I just, you know, I I I support black business. Yes, you know, I, I, of course. I, 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 I higher education. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I advocate for the sex workers. <laughs> You're a supporter of all art. Correct. Yes, correct. Course. Correct. Yes. That's yes. right. Respectability yes. about you respectability know. politics be damn. The pole arts. Damn. Burgeoning. <laughs> the art of the Ariel. pole. <laughs> yes. Ariel, thank you so, so thank you so much, man. I love you to death. We I'll I'll, I'll talk to, I will text you a little later, okay? Okay. Thank you. You guys have a good day. All right, bro. Thank you. Bye. We need to make an agreement right now. <laughs> There is a certain amount of this liquor left. We need to split it and kill this bottle. This episode? This episode. Look at this. We can manage this. This is about one finger deep. Do what you're going to do in the port arrest. Let me see. Oh, no. Yeah, do the rest. Do do what you're going to do in this port arrest in here, and I'm not going to look. Let me just get one more dap. All right. And... Oh Jesus Christ! I, I I felt the weight of it. I felt the weight of right. it. We were about even. Oh man! Yep, we were about even on it. It is with that. It is time for. We killed the bottle. It is time now. Actually, let, actually, let's hit this. All right, toast. Jesus Christ! Bad decisions. Oh my! Oh boy! Oh my! Woo! We cannot be responsible for what happens for the duration of this podcast. Hello. Oh, boy. It is time for White People Must Be Stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people. Oh, man. And right when we got to go into some serious shit. My mouth is watering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Same. I have no water. Uh, Israel, we got to talk about the Israel and Palestine conflict. shit. Forgot we got to talk about some real shit. Um, we're, we, it, it, no, it, it, we we can we can do this. We can do this. I can do fun. it. I, I, it's fine. It hasn't it hasn't kicked in yet. Um. Oh Jesus, the conflict um, with Israel and Palestine um, is. First of all, you have to understand that um, the reason we're talking about this. 
is not is not in why it's under white people must be stopped. First, you have to understand the history. I'll give you the short version. The history of Israel and Palestine. Basically, the space that Palestine occup- that the Palestinians occupy at this time, Israel used to occupy that space. They have not occupied that space for, I'm going to say, centuries? Something like that? Centuries they have not occupied that space? Sounds right. Yeah. Um, they have not occupied that space for centuries. Israel, in recent in recent years, I'll say in recent decades, has decided we want that space back. It started like in 1947, 48. Yes. Has decided we want that space back. Get the fuck out. Which is just not how land ownership works unless you have really big guns, which Israel does. Imagine if the Native Americans did that here. Correct. Correct. We just decided that we lived here. We did. We showed up here and we decided that we lived here for Americans forever and ever. And the Native Americans, just imagine if they up and decided or the first world, the first nation people is apparently the correct term. Um, Just imagine if they said, you know what? Fuck that. This is our country. We're taking all this land back. Y'all got to get the fuck out. Where do we go? We don't give a fuck. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. America would show its ass. Palestine showed its ass and said, suck my dick, we're not leaving, even if we did have somewhere to go. The problem is Israel has bigger guns, bigger everything. They are the aggressor in this situation. Um, and it... It's almost as if Israel, you can't even say, saying, me making the joke that it's squatters' rights downplays the situation. Israel, uh, Israel is by, by and far the bully. They have the bigger guns, they have endless resources, they have the money. And if you probably, if you look far back enough in, our, in, in, in American history, they have the backing of large bully countries like this one. Um, and the shit is get and and the shit has always been terrible, but the shit is coming to a very terrible head now. Um, it it really has been terrible. It was terrible when Trump, because Trump uh, sucked Israel's dick too. Um, I think Obama just kind of had a attitude of looking the other way. Um. Not to shit too hard on Obama, but I think he looked the other way. Kind of Bush was definitely pro-Israel, um, and if you're asking why so many presidents for so long have either looked the other way or been pro or or been pro-Israel, it's it's racism. It's because uh, Palestine is the browner of the two, basically, and that in itself. Is white people maximum white peopling? Yeah, I, I think that. Um, and again, I'm, I'm one of those people who I, I realized over the last several years, especially that I have not allowed myself to be as educated on the true nature of the quote unquote conflict. Well, because and in fairness, shit is so fucked up here. It, it the, the that message is very controlled by our media. 
and also and, correct. And there are a lot of subtleties in the reporting of it, where, for example, Hamas is is said to you know the Palestinian side is is attacking, while the Israeli side is defending. Like there there are little subtleties in the language right. that that you have to pay close attention to. But I I think that. I don't think people ask enough questions about it when, especially when people say blanket statements like I just want, I just wish for peace. Yeah. And you have to, you have to be very clear on how peace will come about. If you study the history of it and regardless of what justification is used for it, it is an occupation. And if you understand that it's an occupation, you, you understand that one side has been the aggressor, right? Then you asking for peace as a blanket statement comes across as a lot more passive than you think it is. Like you, there has to be a call to action. There has to be someone that says, "Stop aggressing, stop the occupation, or, or whatever's happening," and understand like the underlying reasons for that. I have friends who visited the area and they've seen they've seen things firsthand that that go largely unreported in the media here because obviously that message is is very controlled also the government does the government puts a very tough foot on the neck of the media sometimes Mm -hmm. and puts pressure on these companies to get these people fired Mm -hmm. um for example um i just saw i just saw something i forgot where it was where tom cotton um that the republican senator tom cotton had some like ap journal some associated press journalist that like just started had her fired for coming at for being publicly um, on and on social media as pro Palestine, um, and 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 she was pro Palestine. She has been since college, mm-hmm. and they dug that shit up and used it against her and put pressure on uh, on the AP uh, to have her fired. Yeah, and the, and and the journalist was Jewish. That's what's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's is for people who seem very confused about the nature of the conflict. Again, I go back to the example of imagine if the Native Americans decided that they wanted to take their land back. How would that make you feel living where you are right now? And that that to me gives you the nature of this quote unquote. I, I can't. I don't call it a conflict. Because it's an act of aggression. It's not a, a conflict to me denotes like two equal sides at a disagreement. Right. And then, and that doesn't, by what I understand of the situation, that's not what it appears. This is be. outright bullying. Yeah. Um, and t- just so you understand how deep white supremacy runs, um, the reason that this is so fucked up and reason that the U.S. tends to fall on the side of Israel is because when we say that, it, that uh, Palestine is less brown, uh, or that Palestine is more brown than Israel, so they get the brunt of the bullshit. It's because um, the history the the history of Israel. Israel is a country of white settler colonists who basically kind of con the world into believing that they are officially people of color. Not and there, now there, there are there are POC Jewish, um, and there are you know there are. There are brown Jewish people out there, but the primary backers when we talk about Israel as a as a world power are largely 
have largely have a history of being white Europeans. And and so they've kind of they they've kind of done this thing like you know when you pledge um and people say that you pledged and that you went paper. <laughs> yeah. Instead of going through the process and all that shit, you waited till grad school and went and went paper. Think of Israel as going paper as a as a POC. They're they're you know, it's it's just by ownership of land and geography alone. Uh very little of the history behind it is skin color, and that's what makes this even nastier. Um, there have been some people, and there have been some people that have spoken out about it and have have probably misspoken. I know everybody got on Rihanna a few weeks ago because she said she wanted the violence over. And I understand that. And she's like, I want the violence between Israel and Palestine over. When you say something like that, it, it, like Randall said, it implies that there's equal footing and that there's equal culpability in this. And there's not. Because if if left to their own devices, Palestine would go back to minding their own fucking would just be minding their own fucking business like they were from the get go. Yep. Israel is the one that bulldozed these motherfuckers. And if you, all you need to know about the conflict really is if you go on Snapchat and you look at um and you look at Palest and you look at Israel, all the snaps in Israel look like sunny days. Um, walks through the park, not a cloud, not a gun shell, not any, not an explosion in sight. And if you go to the snap for Palestine, it's all crumbled buildings, uh, people pulling each other from the wreckage, people looking for water, people looking for basic, that don't have power, that looking for basic supplies, people under fire. It looks like Ferguson. During the during those debate during those protests, worse actually. That's all. That, yeah. And honestly, if you really need it summed up, that's all you need to know about the conflict. But it is fucked up out there, and this is how deep white supremacy runs. Yeah, and 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 one person that I follow who's a, a friend of a friend, and look at this, DoorDash has sent me a notice. <laughs> Enjoy ten dollars off your next two alcohol orders. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck y'all! <laughs> I'm already I'm already on the deep end. I'll say I'm there. Uh, but a friend of a friend who who lives in Palestine and is, is an Israeli Jew, um, you know, watching her post, um, you know, make IG posts from her apartment where you can see the rockets from both sides intercepting right. each other in the air. Like, that's some wild shit. That's, fu- that's fucking crazy. Like, we're talking about, you know, just a couple miles away from from your crib. Most of the people listening to this podcast have not ever had to live under circumstances where they could see and hear rockets and bombs going off yeah. within, like, their neighborhood radius. And I live, as in, I live, live. in Sunnyside. On New Year's and Fourth of July, <laughs> and it's not—it's not it's quite not that lit. It's no. not even that lit. <laughs> um, so yeah, we 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 definitely want to carve out some time uh, to discuss Israel and Palestine. For those of you that weren't aware of the source of the conflict, or not even the conflict, that weren't aware of the source of the plight out there, and that this isn't one of those things where it's why can't we be friends? This is. There's a bad guy in this situation. 
and technically we're the bad. Uh, technically, we as a as a world power are the bad guys for allowing it for this long, because America is definitely a superpower that could have put their foot on somebody's neck and said, "Cut this shit." Mm-hmm. I honest to be to be completely honest with you, at least one of the leaders in Israel over the over the past fifty years that has perpetuated this fuck shit probably got installed by us. Just putting that out there. You know. Just so when you, next time you see that fucking advertisement commercial that the CIA has now, just remember that. Have you seen that? The CIA has an advertisement, and they have like a woke, like a woke ass, like I too am America advertisement. I have no comment. <laughs> That's what's fucked up. The CIA is is like is advertising now. <laughs> I, I have no I have no comments on that. Yeah, he yeah he say fuck that. I ain't getting on that watch list. Fuck y'all. You know, as a matter of fact, let me check my direct, <laughs> my direct deposit for this week. I've shit, been, shit! I've been on the remember the song I was talking about earlier. George Bush doesn't care about white people. Yeah, I do. I was on the Secret Service watch list. God damn! All jokes aside, yeah. Get, get hit him with the air horns. Hey. There and and again, I I lied to none of you. I lied to none of you. There was a for a week. There was a black suburban park across the street from from my house, from my crib at the time. In in different in different areas of the street, I was staying in Third Ward. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it was a wild time. On that note, <laughs> let me check. The, let me check the Wi Fi to just make sure there's nothing signal says FBI or nothing. Oh, I've been I've been tapped since two thousand five. <laughs> They listen to this podcast live right now. <laughs> oh man, send your racist stories. And they're bored as fuck too. Like, <laughs> what the I know, fuck I are know, these niggas talking about? Who, whoever was assigned to me back in like oh five oh six was like, y'all on the cool. Can we like? Can we find somebody else? They're asleep in the van right now. Why yeah. are these niggas podcasting with a stripper? Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> well, they want to know what she's going to be stripping though. I, I want to know what the fuck she's going to be stripping. <laughs> Send your racist stories. The pole arts is an actual like <laughs> discipline. <laughs> Send your racist stories. That sounds like some shit you see on dead, dead or alive volleyball. And one of them might have fucked her over a year ago, so it don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Send your racist stories. Your real life racist Wait, encounters. Maybe she's with the CIA. If she's like, well, I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> Yo, that's how she could afford that chef. That's how- <laughs> Eric works for the CIA. <laughs> oh, uh, she gonna beat my ass. <laughs> she knew you were calling before you called. <laughs> yep. I would say anybody, anybody that has my that whose phone number I have should just be worried at any moment. <laughs> Uh, send your real life racist encounters, your listener, along with your listener letters, <laughs> questions for myself, D. Randall, or anybody you hear on this podcast. Please send them to opinionswildblack at gmail dot com, or you can hit us on social media at any time. I know David Santiago is a big fan of Ariel. <laughs> Has it been a year? Day? Oh, oh no, <laughs> wrong question. <laughs> Wrong question. Oh man, we're gonna take another quick break. We'll be right back 
with the we drinking <laughs> straight, man. We'll be right back with the third leg with the with the, the not the third leg. What the fuck? What the we, fuck? Am I talking hey, yo, about? pause. <laughs> we just killed like a fourth of a bottle. Oh man! And there's still some driplets left in here. Let me. Jeez, you go get every one of them. <laughs> we'll be right back uh, with more foolishness and fuckery. You are listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Pour Ooh, up. Good grief. <laughs> We are back. We are black. We are opinionated, and we are shit faced. Bro. Right. Why do we do this? That was such a bad idea. Why do we do this? Oh man. Oh, how do I get serious with that? It is time for your listener letters. Oh shit. <laughs> oh man, that is right at the worst possible time. Man, fuck it. We've been doing this for three years. This is all, every time is the right time. Fuck it. Let's go. Uh, let's see what we got in the mailbag this week. Um, we got a few in the mailbag, actually. Let me get let me get a couple of the easy ones out of the way. Oh, shit. Quick, easy ones. Um, oh, oh, this is from Euphonic. Oh, shit. S- salute, salute, Euphonic. You're out there handling your business, man. Um, how do you guys feel about Discovery Plus... Planning to sell the DC brand Discovery Plus. Okay. Planning to sell the DC brand and IPs to either Netflix, Amazon, or Disney. Disney. Hmm, that would be interesting. He was looking at articles on Robin Hood. He says um, it, it's a it's a rumor. Look, it I consider these streaming services. I don't know. I don't know how true or what that is. I have not looked into it. Um, y'all know at this point we just we just jump in the mailbag and see what's there. Um, so I will say this about the streaming services: I consider them a lot like um, the NBA. When the NBA sees that these teams are winning and these and those teams are not, those individual teams like when you see for a while the Golden State Warriors looked like they were the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Not that long, but long. And all of a sudden, everybody started trying. Everybody started trying to do their deals and trying to mount their little Justice League. And this actually, this really started back with Miami when they had the big three, mm. their big three. Yep, yep. And when it when they when it when it looked like that worked and they started winning rings, everybody had to have their Justice League. Mm-hmm. That was how Golden State came into their Justice League. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mark Jackson, mm-hmm. who does not get nearly enough credit for that shit. Came in, white man took it over. I will say to, they got him the, the fuck level. out of there. <laughs> um, the the Lakers have tried to form their Justice League to mm-hmm. uh, some people will say mixed results, mm-hmm. um, and it really turns it some a lot of it turns into a money ball thing. Yeah. Um, the Rockets tried to have a Justice League for a little while. Um, they're investing in some young talent out there. We'll see how that goes. 
Um, I have a feeling I know where that's going. <laughs> I, I lived, I've lived here all my whole life. I know where that's going. It's going to the draft lottery. <laughs> and so I, I could sit. I think the streaming services are doing that now. Who can get the most the the most content under one thing? HBO Max tried to be a fucking titan, and they've only just gotten around to really making money for, off of that shit. Yeah. When you look at HBO Max's like lineup, yeah, they got a little bit of everything. They got a little bit of Adult Swim, Cartoon yeah. Network, yeah. Funimation, no Crunchyroll. Comedy, uh, Comedy well, Comedy Central, I think, is Paramount now. You're right. You're actually right. Paramount Plus. You're correct. Um, uh, you know they they but they do have they do own a few of those Viacom properties. Um, everything on HBO, everything on Cinemax, uh, all, all that shit, the DC shit, all the DC, all that DC universe shit, all of that. Was supposed to be a beast. Now it didn't start out that way because people felt like the univ- the user interface was trash, and I didn't know people actually cared about the user interface. I just cared about what was on there. Exactly, I knew what was on there. I knew what I was looking for. Disney Plus got the worst user interface. I was just waiting for Marvel shit. Correct, correct. Um, and, and I think I think the user interfaces bet too much on people knowing what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of the problem, um, just on a marketing level. But anyway. This is just Discovery plus whoever that they're all trying to get a Justice League of streaming together. Paramount plus CBS uh, CBS All Access said we have to rebrand quick, <clears throat> and Star Trek ain't gonna cut it. Mm-mm. It's cutting it a little. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's keeping them together, but we can't just rely on fucking Star Trek and whatever bullshit Mike Coulter's in this week. Um, I see. I said it. Um, evil. Is that what it is? Evil. I think so. Okay. I don't. Why the f- Mike Coulter? Mike Coulter as a priest. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Whatever. As long as he doesn't dab. <laughs> you know. And so this is just. We're gonna see a lot more of this. We're gonna see. We're we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see some upset trades in the next few years. We're gonna Hulu gonna scoop scoop another one of these motherfuckers up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 just hold on tight because this is just the beginning. I'm getting closer and closer to cutting the cable, which is what I'm excited about. Same hell when we when when I was pulling up today, Xfinity called me, offered me. Uh, you know, for an additional charge to have unlimited, unlimited um, data, unlimited internet data. I don't see how you use all the data. And you I was got. like, I was like, am I going over? And they were like, sure. I was like, can you show me my bill where I'm going over? Uh, yeah, just. <laughs> I was like, oh, I haven't even hit half of my data in any given month since I've signed up. But you want me to Hell pay no. more to not go over? Nah. And see, I, you know, I just, I just want to have. I will cut the cord at, at some point. Same. I, I, I don't. I'm not ready. I don't watch live TV right now. There, I do, but it's it's sparingly. And like literally, just like sports, like that's like I watch it. for the live tweets and like I do the live tweets. Anything mm-hmm. you see me live tweet on the on the podcast Twitter, yep. I watch that. I, that's what I watch live. That and probably recently the Nevers, but. 
um, all six episodes of that. Um, yeah, they got to get back in the studio on that one. Fuck Joss Whedon. <laughs> they, they just do. They left us fucked up on a on a weird cliffhanger. Um, what else we got here? Uh, DJ Burn. Oh, so this is kind. Of, so this is actually a little old, but the uh, um, he sent me a, a, a article about the people about the people that were that sent a petition to Greg Abbott to re to to get everybody off unemployment because their businesses were doing badly, and now Greg Abbott has. Uh, rejected the $300 bonus for unemployment that people get. This is just a drop in the bucket of Greg Abbott's bullshit. And, and most of the people, and most of the people complaining, it was a whole bunch of like, it was a whole bunch of like small business, uh, excuse me, small business owner or restaurant committees and shit. You know, that's all Austin's good for. And basically, they were all getting together to complain that the um, that they weren't get that they they weren't they were having trouble getting people to work for them for a long time, or they're getting people to work full time or whatever because of the unemployment benefits. It's not because of the unemployment benefits; that's a huge part of it. It's that people have finally taken a stance that they're that they're not willing to work through abuse and bullshit. And low pay that it's not worth it anymore, and that I would rather just ride out this unemployment until September than subject myself to full time abuse for part time pay if you're not you you can't even be bothered to pay someone a livable wage, and it was cool until it affected you until white people started complaining about they couldn't get their service fast enough or that fucking Starbucks was closing at 6 p.m. on a Monday. Well, guess what? That's less the that's less the people who don't want to work's fault than it is the people who make them not want to work. I'm in that position right now. I'm about to, I'm about to take some bullshit I don't want I don't really want to do. I've I've been in the same position before. Um I've been laid off before and and um, was on fun employment for quite some time, and you're right. It's 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 real easy for them to say some shit like, "Well, we just want to cut it because we want to make sure people are getting back to work and not just, you know, riding this unemployment." Like, but y'all really don't understand because you're not in that position that for a lot of the people out there, there's not a lot of incentive. All that's left is is some bullshit, and. You know, for a lot of people, it's it's worse than what they left prior to the pandemic. Much worse, yeah. So it's like, there's, and, and and there's no incentive there, and it's people that refuse to come to some come to Jesus moments. Like there are there are a lot of there are a lot of instances in which some of these companies don't need the overhead that they keep up. You don't. Mm-hmm. Not all of these companies need an office. Right, they can do these jobs from home, and I thought we would have come to that conclusion last year. That a lot of these, it, now it's not a huge percentage. I think there's I think 
last time I checked, it was like 29% or something um, of most kind of average to middle paying jobs um, have the luxury of being able to work from home. But the fact that they could have always done that and you just choose not to, and you just choose to invest in kind of bullshit overhead. You don't need a, you, you not all of these gigs need an office to report to. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's nice. I guess some people do want to get out of the house, but it's not always necessary. And it, that money could be going to paying your employees better. And so people have decided that they're sick of the bullshit that as long as this unemployment thing was going along and the stimulus was going along, because we know we know the stimulus shit is next. People are going to be wondering where that next check is coming from, and it's not going to come. Um, and they're going to phase that out in a minute, in a month or two. Um, and they're just getting us ready for that. People were holding the line. Especially when, when Biden ran out here and told everybody that he was on that that he was back on his uh raise the minimum wage bullshit which we just know isn't going to happen that shit ain't he folded gonna... he folded like a fucking origami plane on that shit he folded so fucking fast he talked so much big shit uh when it looked like he was winning the election and folded completely and kowtow to these motherfuckers when they said that wasn't going to happen. See, and he used it. As, I, I explained this once on another episode. He used this as a fucking diversion. Mm-hmm. See, the only reason we got, an, we, we got the stimulus check we got is because he gave Republicans a boogeyman that they would fear even more than handing out a stimulus check. And that's raising the minimum wage and fucking up the, the yeah. class structure. Yep. So now if you want to raise minimum wage, you got to come up with something the Republicans are even more afraid of than that. Like, let's move the, like, let's move the Palestinians into America. We know they ain't doing that. Then they'll be like, oh, minimum wage? Sure, whatever. Yeah. Keep those fucking brownies out of here. That's what they're going to do. Um... And it's just a drop in the bucket of all the bullshit Greg Abbott's been putting people through lately. It's easier to get fucking alcohol to go and a gun than it is to get a safe abortion in Texas. That's a goddamn shame. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, Tales to Enrage has a listener letter question. Let's see what Tales to Enrage on Twitter has to say. What is the weirdest nerd thing you've been asked to explain to someone, and how did it go? I have two answers for that. One, let me know how this how this Israel and Palestine explanation went for you. <laughs> um, the, no, but for real, the, I think the I think my answer would be Tron. I, I explained it to an ex of mine. I explained Tron, and she, and uh, if you want to know how it went, she said, "Please stop." That's including Tron and Tron Legacy and the cartoon that not a lot of people know about that is available on Amazon Prime called Tron Uprising. Why do I know all of that? Craziest nerd thing I've, I've that had you've to ever explain. had to explain to someone. <laughs> Come on, you watched I, Highlander. No. <laughs> a more recent example. 
uh, I had to explain Avengers Endgame to someone that oh, had not shit. seen any Marvel movies. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Yours is better than mine. <laughs> it, 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 it was just like, uh, I was like, look, man, it, you just got to. <laughs> you missed like 10 years of shit. And he was like, yeah, I, w- I wasn't really into superhero movies, but everybody was talking about um, Infinity War, and, and everybody's hyped up about Endgame. What do I need to know about it? I was like, that you will be lost. You will, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you will be absolutely lost. You could read the Wikipedia and still yeah. be confused. I said, at the very least, at the very least, just just try to watch Infinity War, and then this, and see if you can keep up. <laughs> just know that it's all Chris Pratt's fault. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was the guy that I worked with uh, a couple of years ago, and, and I remember he watched he watched Endgame. And he was like, "I think it was good, but I have no idea what was happening." And I, you know, I tried to give him I tried to give him a rundown, but I was like, "Man, I'm telling you, that's, it, that's a hard rundown." This is ten years of storytelling. I'm like, do you know any of the characters? He was like, "I know who the Hulk is." Oh shit! So I was like, "Okay." Oh, he's like, oh, I know who Spider-Man is, too. That's not... Oh, man. I was like, well, shit. Oh. Um, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, So, we have, as a listener letter... Let me turn this off. We have a listener... We got a voice note oh. in the mailbag. Uh, this is from Ms. Sunflower on Facebook. This is in response to an episode we did um, where one of the listener letters was how we felt about like polyamory and shit, mm-hmm. um, which is proven apparently proven to be like a popular thing that we talked about at one point. Interesting. <laughs> we, <laughs> just given the listenership, I would have never thought that would be the thing. Um, but she has a, a series of voice notes that she wanted us to hear and respond to and also has a question. Okay. So let me see if I can get this going. really enjoyed the segment i thought that um there was a lot to unpack just from you guys conversation talking um i'm not sure if you identify as a cis heterosexual man but for you to say that i tried this model because i wasn't being loved properly or being loved the way i felt like i should have been loved and you dabbled in this to see if you can get the best version of the love that you felt like you should have i felt like that was honorable if you identify as a cis hetero male to say like I'm, I'm not being loved out here right let me go somewhere where i could be loved in a way that meets my needs and my wants and wishes and desires so for one hand clap for you for that one i think so often um black men don't talk about that they want to be loved too not just only looked at as these providers um looked at as, as these protectors that they generally want to be enamored as well um, with someone and to feel love and to be loved. So um, I think that is your brown, your brown boy flower right there. Like, boom. Um, secondly, I like the, the part where you guys touched on distinguishing whether this poly person is operating from the conscientious of, I just want to fuck or do I want to be in relationship? Um, it, it can go, it can swing. The pendulum can swing both ways for these groups of people who come into this polyhood. Now, most poly people who are polyam want the connection. They want to love on the free frequency that 
I have multiple connections with these people and it's ethically, it's ethically known that I am non-monogamous. It's not a secret. It doesn't mean that I'm just, you know, having all these casual interactions with people just because I'm just giving a disclaimer, hey, ethically I'm non-monogamous. No, it's saying I would like to spend time with you and I also like spending time with this person and, you know, we do what we do as adults, safe, protected, consented. Polyam people do want committed relationships, just like mono people do. Um, they just want it with many people or people who understand where they're at in their lives. So like you guys mentioned, we all have friendships and we all are knowing um, of these friendships, but do we know what is discussed behind closed doors with these friendships? No, we don't know. There's some things that I share with some friends and some things I don't share with other friends. And that's kind of what happens in polyam is that everyone knows that we kind of... Oh, what was that? Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it, it was that, and she has a question uh, that she would like to... Yeah, interesting comments on that. Um... Well thought out, and uh, very much so. No, that, that I, I, I think it's, I think it's great feedback. Again, as someone who is not as familiar with polyamory, um, I find it refreshing, insightful, and and educational. Yeah, we did, somehow we did it justice. Yeah, and drunk, and drunk. Um, <laughs> somehow we knew that it was not just about fucking. And here's her question here. A question. Um, just like how you were able to pinpoint the episode in which you talk about polyam, do you have like a running list that you guys have, um, you know, created to discuss certain topics like whether it's inner child traumas or just, you know, toxic um, masculinity or, you know, high value men, high value women conversations? Like, do y'all have like a running, like, let's say um, index, maybe? I was I was triggered when she said high value. High value. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if there was a kappa jacket. Oh man, falling from the ceiling. <laughs> oh man, I smelled the toothbrush and gel from here. <laughs> um, to answer your question, no, we we're not so organized that we have an index of this shit. Um, it is based like we have a lot of things. I, I'm with a budget. There are a lot of things that we would do. Um, that is something where we would, where most likely I would probably get like a fucking intern or something to just, to just catalog that kind of shit under like code word, under like keywords or something. Yeah. Um, we usually so drunk by the end of the podcast that we don't really know what we just (laughs) talked about most times. And that's, that's part of the challenge of, uh, the listener letter thing is that it, it challenges us to really dig deep. When we're all fucked up <laughs> and really come up with meaningful answers, because these are meaningful questions. Um, in a perfect world, that would be nice. 139 podcasts in, that's a tall order. Yeah. But, I, and, and I just got lucky because that was a recent episode that I was asked about um, or that came up online. Mm-hmm. Um, People have to on a normal day. People have to remind me of the shit I said on this podcast. What's kind of cool about the podcast is that I mean we are two thinking men. I, I would say, yeah, I'll go with that. And 
I think on, on any given week, there's so much shit that happens that we can have timely discussions that are on the pulse of what's more pervasive that week. Correct. Um, so I, I think an index, there, there have been times where we've planned to talk about shit. Yeah, but then other things come up, and we're like, "This is this is what it is." Exactly, and and I think at any given point, you know, again, depending on what's happening that week, I mean, shit, we talk about toxic masculinity almost every week in some shape, more or less. Fashion. Yeah, but a lot of it, a lot of it, really is on the pulse of what's being discussed that week, and, and kind of what's on people's minds, and, and and for us, so far that works well. With that said, if there are things that you would like us to discuss. You can always hit us up yeah. at opinionswildblack at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up on social media like you have done so. Um, yeah, we're, we're always up for a, a topic that the people want to hear us discussing. Um, just know that we will be drunk and not all will be factual. Um, black men need love. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the most. I think the Israel and Palestine thing is the most I have struggled yeah. uh, to stay right <laughs> uh, <laughs> during a serious discussion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I have a job, so I had to. Which, of course, <laughs> of course, and and that and that's coming off of us taking the biggest shot that I have ever taken. Oh, wow, and that is after uh, me calling a good friend of mine a stripper. Uh, so there's that. I mean, she stripper. Adjacent? Yeah, she has stripper <laughs> sentiments. <laughs> I think the door is open on that. I, I, I just, I'm just here to support black business. <laughs> Does she identify as cis stripper? <laughs> <laughs> that is never going away. Maybe trans stripper, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It is time for the top. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your listener letters. It is time for the top three STFUs. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Not including us. Not including <laughs> us. <laughs> we have a runner-up, and it's Joe Rogan. Oh. Uh, yeah, so the king of MMA, who has never been in an octagon in his life, um, was complaining another complaint about cancel culture and how cancel culture has made it hard for a white man to be a white man and speak his mind. Joe, you literally made, you've literally made millions of dollars speaking your mind exclusively on Spotify. And you're not even exclusive. You've made millions of dollars speaking your mind on MMA, a sport that you have never participated in. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you saying? It was it had to be a troll move. Well, Joe isn't that kind of troll. But what the fuck are you talking about? I, I don't really I can't sympathize with white people, especially white men. Who, who say it's hard to do anything out here based on. But, based, first of all, on whiteness. Yeah. But two, on being a man. F- fuck off. Like, it's hard being a black person doing pretty much anything. Everything. Being, being, being uncanceled. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Correct. So, no, I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't feel that. Shut the fuck up! It probably just means that you just need to 
you just people get tired of hearing some of the dumb shit that you say sometimes. And you just need to reevaluate uh, why you feel such a why you feel so compelled to be saying the goofy shit that you say. Right. Shut the fuck up. What is it? What is it that you're saying that people are tired of hearing? If it's like racist, sexist, corny ass shit. As someone who has listened to the Joe Rogan experience, I can answer that question. Mm-hmm. Everything. <laughs> Every fucking thing. Joe Rogan, shut the fuck up, man. Uh, number three is Fat Joe. What Fat Joe do? Fat Joe fixed his mouth to say that DJ Khaled is the Quincy Jones of our generation. The, the what? The Quincy Jones of our generation. DJ Khaled Who's? is the Quincy Jones of our generation, he says. Whose generation? Man, if you don't get to... <laughs> man. Come on. First of all, Quincy Jones played instruments. Let's Bro. start there. Like, we just, we just going to overlook, like, Pharrell, you know. First of all, and you, that's correct, and we and we and and we didn't talk about that in pre-pod. Um, there are so many names you have to go through before you get to DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled is the Quincy Jones of working out and not losing weight. <laughs> you have to go through so many names to get to, to before you get to DJ Khaled, and so many bottles of Palmers. <laughs> like. First of all, you're not being able to put together whoever's kind of who whoever's kind of the latest. First of all, let's be honest. As much as I enjoy DJ Khaled's compilations, it ain't nothing but now that's what I call hip hop volume 15. Right. He has a speed dial. Like that, that, that come on, man. Second of all, being able to put together big names does not a good album make. No. Not by itself. No. Um you have to be able. You have, it's like being a coach. You got to know how to play him. You got to know where to play him. And you have a and, and you have some bops on your shit, but you ain't back to back with it like Quincy Jones. You ain't pulling triple doubles like Quincy Jones. You know who? You know who was instrumental in Thriller? Quincy Jones. Mm. You ain't had a Thriller. Mm. And and Thriller Thriller became Thriller in eight songs. That's what I'm saying you ain't you ain't done eight songs in years. We ain't even talking about off the wall. Just Thriller alone, like right. Thriller by itself eliminates DJ Khaled from the race. Come on, man. Let's say let's start there. Thriller in, eliminates DJ Khaled, and first of all, you're there is not. I can't name an artist that DJ Khaled is responsible for in their in in their most in their peak fashion. Quincy Jones is responsible for Michael Jackson. Mm. In his peak fashion, mm. he's responsible for Michael Jackson as a solo artist. Mm. Period. Bars. Period. There are people. Quincy Jones fucked with Ray Charles. You have fucked with Drake? That's it, as a nigga that fucks with Drake. You, 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 you're not even responsible for Drake. You're not. You got to go through so many names before you get to before you get to be who's responsible for Drake, baby. Baby. The fact that 
it makes my head hurt. It makes my head hurt that someone would even fix their mouth, that somebody could be so fucking out of touch with the culture, with reality. This is why I say we are the culture, because the culture can't be trusted to motherfuckers like Fat Joe. Why are we even listening to Fat Joe, though? Who came up with that? It was some shit he said on Twitter. Oh, okay. He was left to his own devices. Yeah. Um, This is why we got to watch who we let in the gateway. This is why we have to watch who we let in, who we let in, the outsiders that we let in the culture. And it's it's not completely fair to call Fat Joe an outsider um, because he has he has put out good music. He has put out things that we appreciate culturally. Um, but when people have opinions like this that are so out of touch with the his that that are so ignorant of the history that came before them. That's when you got to shut the fuck up. Mm. Uh, Number two is Mandy B. and Bridget Kelly, the co-hosts of See The Thing Is podcast, produced largely by the Joe Budden Network. When we talk about Olivia Dope leaving the podcast, we have to talk about Mandy B. and uh, Bridget Kelly's response um, to their co-host breaking her silence about what happened on the uh, uh, on the episode that caused her to leave. Um, first of all, they brought their therapist on. I am so fucking sick of the therapy rollout. I am sick of the therapy rollout. Completely fucking sick of the therapy on your podcast rollout to show that you to show that you are sensitive to mental health and all that bullshit. I'm sick of it. It's it's corny. It's corny as mental health month and y'all want y'all wanted to roll out because Joe did that. I wouldn't be surprised if it were a Joe Budden mandate. Uh what's what's most telling about them is again going back and looking at the footage of the the episode in question, um, where Olivia Dope was was made to feel uncomfortable. Correct. How they didn't not only did they not do anything to kind of change the tone of it away from that, but but they actually instigated, or or I shouldn't say instigated, encouraged a lot of the shit that happened Correct. during the episode. And this was this was the opportunity, if especially once Olivia made her reasons known on why she left and what made her feel uncomfortable. At the very least. At the very least, they could have they could have been supportive of her decision, um, and and accepted the fact that okay, we we acknowledge and accept that you felt uncomfortable during that time, and don't try to again don't try to center it around yourself like that. You know, and that was the big that was the part. Yeah, like that was the worst part. Why the fuck do y'all need therapy? And and that was the thing was that and and it look, I get it. You 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 you. Sold your friend out for a bag. It happens. It happens every day. People in the regular workforce turn a blind eye to some bullshit happening mm-hmm. in, in the workplace every day because they can't fuck off that 401k. So I get it. Mm. Nobody's. It, it's hard. You can't really, especially black women in this industry, you can't really nail them to the wall for that. What you can nail them to the wall for is... All these, all it, it felt very white tears ish. It was very much centering it around yourself and how you felt about something traumatic that happened to somebody else. 
that you have that you didn't maybe didn't have a hand in, but you could have stopped. So no, maybe you not the maybe you not the smack dealer in the neighborhood, but you definitely gave him a ride to the corner. And this is some shit that is likely to happen to you at some point. Let's let's be clear. Let's be very clear. What happened to her could happen to either of y'all at any time. And I would think at least because at least one one of these people host a sex positive um, women empowerment show. I would think that they would be a little more sensitive to that. Or maybe not. Uh, it, it reminds me of, a, of an incident a few years ago where, where one of my coworkers um, had had an incident of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, perpetrated on her by um, someone else at the job, and and someone you know someone of of rank, I guess you could say. And and I remember, and I happened to be right there when it was happening, and I was really tripping, like, oh, this he's really doing this shit, right? And watching her go through the range of emotions, and and again seeing firsthand the type of reluctance that people have to report. Instances like that because correct a they're afraid of repercussion b they don't want the attention on them because and that's a very real thing like a lot of people who experience that type of harassment don't even want the attention on them because of it. it's like I don't even want to be known for that kind of shit right um but it was it was the the guy was so egregious with it and you know repeated the instance a couple of times. That I was like, I will, I will be supportive in you reporting this, right. and you know, fuck it. If, if there are any repercussions, taking everybody down, you know, with us. But you know, I, I think it's important to create a space where people are allowed to be comfortable without being subjected to harassment. Because again, what doesn't bother you doesn't necessarily mean it like it doesn't bother someone else. Correct. And if that person makes it known like what you're doing is making me feel uncomfortable and you continue rocking with that shit, no, we 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 got to we got to make some moves about it there. So in in their case, them centering it around themselves and not really looking at like look, whether we saw it at the time or not, this person was made to feel uncomfortable by someone else's actions. At the very least, acknowledge that person's feelings and what they went through and just be like, look, I'm trying to keep the bag so I don't want to rock the boat, but at least acknowledge it. And, 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 and let's not forget that this was a person that is in a position of power right. over them. So I'm not insensitive to that aspect of it is that the, that, is that the, the power dynamic probably also kept them somewhat silent to mm-hmm. a degree. Yeah. So I'm not blind to that. But even still, if if that's the case, don't say anything at all. Right. Because it's worse when you come out and, and take a stance and it's half-assed. Right. And, I, you know, I, I just... And I don't want to dump on. I don't want to dump on black women ever. I don't. I don't want to dump on black women. But if if we're talking about someone who was traumatized, someone who was whose agency was violated and made to feel unsafe in an environment, um, they dropped the ball. They yes. they fumbled. They fumbled the ball, and that was that was buns of them. Uh, so they 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 got. Shut a, the fuck up! 
Um, and the number one person who should shut the fuck up is literally everyone who has ever said anything about Kwame Brown. Any human being who has ever had Kwame Brown's name in their mouth has got to shut the fuck up for the greater good. Because he won't. Because he will not. And he will show you no quarter. If For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Kwame Brown is a former basketball player um, uh, straight out of high school. He was the number one pick in 2001, straight out of high school, drafted to the uh, Charlotte Bobcats, Bobcats at the time, at the time yeah. um, owned by one Michael Jordan. Um, probably not Jordan's best pick. Not exactly LeBron James. Yeah, not anywhere close to it. And um, Kwame Brown's NBA career was most notable for him not meeting everyone's expectations of him. Which is a damn shame because this man stayed in the league for 10 years Yeah, and amassed ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. Um, if there were anybody else, that would be the priority over talking about their performance. It just would. There are people there, like Mike Brown. Why does Mike Brown have a career? The coach? Yes. I mean, why does Mike Brown have a career? I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Anyway, there's there's just worse people in the league in various positions to talk about. Um. So Gilbert, uh, Gilbert Arenas, Stephen Jackson, and Matt Barnes were on Jackson and Barnes podcast, All the Smoke, talking about his what they considered his poor performance and making cracking jokes. And Kwame Brown felt a way. This is a nigga who has never had anything really to say bad or good about anybody. Right. Who finally broke his silence and unloaded the clip. On anybody who is anybody who had his name in their mouth, Matt Bars called him called him Becky with the good hair. <sighs> called him Becky with the good hair. Talked about Stephen is talked about Stephen Jackson and Gilbert Arenas. Uh, Charlemagne threw his hat in the ring. He talked. Now that's this is the one that was that was crucial to me. He talked about Charlemagne and his uh, past rape case that we have actually reported on. Um and talking about maybe he should be more concerned about that, and um, that has actually stirred some shit up because Charlemagne was so felt such a way he sent him a cease and desist to stop talking about it mm-hmm. because the woman in question has started talking again, mm-hmm. and that's not going to look good. That's a bad. There's a lot of money for. There's a lot of money going around Charlemagne. That ain't going to look good. There's a lot of money going between him and iHeart. Meanwhile, HBO is like, now what? what? <laughs> What happened? <laughs> HB, that HBO deal looking a little shaky, and I've already said, and I'm you know I'm not naming names. There are people that have turned down the bag um, uh, behind the scenes crew that refuse to work with Charlemagne for the same things. Yeah, they need to. I mean, you know, Kwame's kind of been a running joke for years, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of fucked up that it's 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 gone to this level. That he wasn't talking to anybody at all, and they they brought him up in conversation, and he was just like, "Look, yeah, y'all y'all not gonna disrespect me. I got smoke for y'all." And again, if you have a show called All the Smoke, you should expect that smoke will be there. Will be some smoke, yeah. 
you can't call it all the smoke and then bitch up when some when it's time when it's time for somebody to come back at you, especially when they have when they have told you that they are more than happy to throw hands. Yep. But since then, you know, Kwame has gone off on Stephen A. Smith. Good. Skip Bayless. Well, did you hear what Stephen A. said? Mill Hill. What, what did Stephen A. say? Stephen A. Like Stephen A. went further, and I think he was arguing with. I don't know. It, just, it could have been anybody. Maybe Shannon. Uh, and, and they were arguing. He's like, y'all just going to call him trash? And Stephen A. said with his whole chest that Kwame Brown was trash. With his whole chest. I mean, and, and looked at the camera. I don't know what the fuck y'all looking at me for. I said what I said. And, and to which Kwame Brown said, oh, you think you tough talking about, oh, they can come see me? And Kwame Brown was like, we can go to Seattle. Where they have mutual combat laws, where you can you can legally challenge someone to combat, and said we can throw hands, and 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 you won't go to jail for beating the dog piss out of somebody. Stephen A. Smith can't. Stephen A. Smith cannot has got to stop adding himself to the dozens. As long as he has a hairline that looks like the topographical map of the Million Man March being being rushed away by the police. <laughs> He looks like the poli- he looks like the police disper- making a peaceful assembly disperse. That's what the top of his hairline looks like. His forehead looks like low tide. <laughs> wow. wow! You know, there are- I've never seen anybody whose hairline starts in the dead middle of the top of their fucking head, and you got and you can and you can fix your bum ass mouth to talk about Kwame Brown. Who amassed over $60 million in his career? Go away. That man is driving is driving a truck, pulling a tractor. He got time for whatever you got. The only people, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't really fuck with Steven Jackson because, you know, he got hands. He's from Port Arthur, so I don't. He already, yeah, that's true, too. You know, we, we talked about Matt that. Matt Barnes already. got hands, too, now. Matt Barnes got hands. Matt Barnes, uh, y'all forgot. <laughs> Matt Barnes has spent every waking moment of his existence wishing a nigga would. Yeah. Told him he had a comb over. Told him he had a. <laughs> when he called him Becky with the good hair. <laughs> yeah, any man that would drive hours <laughs> to whip another man's ass. Oh man, over a woman he ain't fucking. <laughs> he drove all that way and he was still mad at the end of the drive. People go on. People take long drives to calm down. <laughs> Matt Barnes took a long drive and still wanted to smoke. Stop for gas. Smoke weed the whole time. Matt Barnes is like the light-skinned version of Bakugo from My Hero Academia. He just always wants to fucking smoke, bro. Damn. <laughs> God damn. Probably need to save about a therapy. Shit. And Gilbert Arena's got guns. He, he took yeah, a gun to work. I ain't got nothing bad <laughs> so, to say about Gilbert Arenas. So everybody else, y'all need to leave. Call me alone. And again, Jamel Hill, we mean shut the fuck up with love. Yeah. Because we don't want you involved in this. Honestly, I feel like we've gotten too involved just in this podcast that, that we don't get enough downloads for people to be mad at us. Yeah. Jamel Hill literally just said that that Kwame Brown chose violence. And he went to YouTube. <laughs> and this nigga went off with his whole chest. Yeah. He said, something must be wrong with you, bitch. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Kwame Brown got to chill, bro. Yeah. Nobody named Kwame should just be on a 12 like this. <laughs> the only other niggas I've ever known named Kwame was the boy genius and the nigga from Planet of Tears. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Nobody should be on a 12 like this, but at the same time, you don't get to pick. When you, when you come for somebody, you don't get to pick how they retaliate. And I would think that, like we said, two niggas with a podcast called All the Smoke would be ready for whatever comes, come what may. Matt Barnes has made a brand and a career off of being a nigga's nigga. Despite having an elder barge haircut. <laughs> But we all know it's a matter of time before he shows, before Kwame shows up on all the smoke anyway. Uh, they invited him. They invited him. Matt Barnes invited him to all the smoke and said, if you still feel raw about it, we can go outside and throw hands, which I know is bullshit because Matt Barnes ain't blowing that Showtime money. Nah, nah. But give it give it about a month. He'll he'll end up on there. They'll well, talk it out. Nigga want to be Ray Donovan so bad. Hey, you don't get the fuck out of here. Bruh. Matt Barnes. Hey, Kwame had those Derek Fisher bars for Matt Barnes. <laughs> Show me how you jump the fence. How you jump the fence to fight for a bitch you don't even fuck no more. See, there was an expiration that, date. That one year expiration date. <laughs> uh, that's the name of this episode. One year expiration date. Yeah, yes, that. Thank you very much, Ariel. Um, yeah, everybody just got to leave this man alone. Leave this man alone so he can calm down, <laughs> get him some chamomile tea, and take a nap and relax. And pull his tractors. And pull his tractors and mind his fucking business. <laughs> you don't never want to smoke with a nigga that's pulling, that, that, that's pulling tractors on his truck on the freeway in Atlanta. He ain't got nothing but time nothing. for you. Oh, man. Leave Kwame Brown alone. If it... it no, no, no. We're going to stick with the name of the podcast. But leave leave yeah. Kwame Brown alone, please. Yeah. I, I implore you. Everyone, just put our heads down. Shut the fuck up! We're going to play heads up, seven up yeah. with this nigga. <laughs> no one respond. This is, this is including and especially Charlemagne the God. Handle that rape case and shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Mm. Why, why would anyone would, that saw how, how relentless this man is that has a rape case... Come at you. Why? <sighs> Reckless. D. Randall, have we done a podcast? Mm. Yes, we have. Jesus. Uh, thank you. This, this is another long one. We got to stop drinking so hard. <laughs> uh, but y'all, apparently, according to the ratings, y'all like this shit. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for another for another good, uh, for good times, good drinks, good laughs. want to thank the Broke Socialite. Uh, for hanging out a little bit, talking to us, um, you know, just give me that business card when you get going. <laughs> um, yeah, and oh, and thank uh Miss Sunflower. Uh, I always forget her real name. On y'all gotta stop changing our names on Facebook. Uh, who took such interest in the in, in the polyamory topic? Uh. Maybe we, we, we do what we can. Maybe we'll have her on one day. We, we, maybe we will. Maybe we will. We, we can unpack that. Um, it's getting close, man. It's getting close to 150. Yeah, it's getting real, too. Three years in, man. It's getting real. Shit. This podcast does not sound like it did a year ago. No. 
at all. Maybe six months ago. No. Um, and it's only because of y'all. Y'all really, y'all's input and y'all's love and support of the community, of the family, makes this possible. And we are ever grateful. Mm-hmm. And we love you to death for it. Um, we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Mm-hmm. Church announcements, D. Randall. Uh, nah, Gemini season is upon us. Let's go. <laughs> <Church> okay. <laughs> See, and that's another thing, y'all. Y'all chicks have started talking that astrology shit, so I know it's hot girl summertime. <laughs> um, and I don't know what the fuck y'all be talking about. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Until then, this has been episode one thirty nine. Yep. Of opinions while black, I have been Oz. I'm D Randall. <laughs> and as always, imparting titties. Podcast. Mm-hmm.